Welcome to your aunties. Good never. Apologies for the late start, but it is what it is. It bees what it bees. How are you, my ladies? I know I'm Auntie AK. How are you, my ladies? <laughs> Good. On countdown. This time next week we'll be in foreign. Real forgot. Yeah, yeah it is. It is actually this time, time next week. week, baby. We'll be in foreign. Yeah, man. Excitement. Excitement. Everybody good. Everybody well. Good yeah. and well. And this episode 74, we're getting there, we're getting up there, pension lives and stuff. Um, Auntie Farah, let's go, let's go. All right, let's go. Right, so this week I'm switching up a little bit. Um, it's like questions, like 21 questions, but not 21 questions because we ain't got 21 question time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so first one, <clears throat> would you date someone who doesn't have any books in their house? No. Oh, it's not would you rather? Yeah. Would you date? Quick fire so we can get more of them done. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, Yes. Okay. Would you rather never get angry? Oh, you didn't answer. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I would. Not everyone have books, and and in in this day and age, you can have stuff online, can't you? You can have um, what those things, Kindles and and Amazon. Yeah, that, that I probably wouldn't date on a Kindle. No, I'm, I'm judging. No, no. No, but people might get rid of stuff. You just said quick. Yeah, you don't get rid of books. In theory, if you don't read, it would piss me off. But it would like if they, I don't. I need to know why. But I, I couldn't. You know, first date, we're not going to your house. Essentially, was you know what I mean. So it might not be that. So you know, listen. Let's move on. Let's be quick fire. Well, go on, fam. <laughs> There's a combination of would you rather's in here, right? Would you okay. rather never get angry or never be envious? Never I'm be not- envious. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Never be envious. Who wants yeah. to be envious? That's long. Sitting there angry and jealous. No, man. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather... It... No, fuck that one. That one's shit. <laughs> what do you think about marriage, Auntie Nana? <laughs> what do I think? Yes, in this day and age. Do you think it works? Yes. You, you better say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to say, I said, no, I don't like it. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Actually, I've been thinking that I. I think really it's a great institution, and everybody should enter into it if they want to. I, I'm, 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 I'm against it. <laughs> Not against it. Each to their own. But I think it's unnecessary. Personally, um, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I think it's a beautiful institution. If you can uphold it and maintain it, don't get into it if you can't maintain it. That's bullshit. Um, that's the end of my story. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you have to have you have to be clear about what your goals are in marriage. You have to both be on the same page. You can't be like one of these people who get married, but they're only getting married for the Never time. Oh, sorry. Auntie Nana. <laughs> um, you know, like um certain people they just get married because they're they're living in the moment rather than thinking about they're gonna be married forever. They're just married for the moment. Unless your partner is also on that same page, I don't think it's for you. It's not for everybody. Um, okay. Uh, where was I? Hang on, hang on. What small thing makes you angrier than it should? Oh, okay. I have one at the moment. When people, um, to say if you're going somewhere and, or something, can you ask for the address and they screenshot the address instead of typing in the address? Fucking annoying. <laughs> 
I'm going to have to type in the address. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're making it inconvenient. Now I don't want to go. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) You've now got to actually type in the address yourself. Right. Being able to click on it and, like, it send you, like, copy and paste. You can't copy and paste a screenshot. No, you can't. That's annoying. Yeah. That's my pet peeve at the moment. I've got a few pet peeves. I can't draw on one, imagine. Um, I mean, imagine. I can't think of one, but I know I've got a few. Mm. Okay, yeah, I know. My one, what well, it happened today, but my latest pet peeve is getting into an Uber or Bolt and they start talking. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk. And I don't know how to politely say I don't want to talk other than getting my phone out, which makes me feel sick when I'm on my phone in a car. So... I'm just frustrated. That is my biggest pet peeve at the moment. I actually don't know what mine. I've got so many I can't think, but I can't answer because I don't know. My brain's gone blank. What's yours? People in shops that don't do their jobs properly. It's really simple. You've got one job to do. Just do your job. You know, like if you go to return something, because I'm returning a lot of shit right now, and people that just don't know things, so they just, rather than like learn, this is how you, this is how you fix the fucking printer in the return box. They just don't, oh, I don't know, I'm new. Or, or, or I don't know how to do it. It's not broken before. That's, that's really pissing me off right now because I'm doing a lot of buying and sending back. So that's my one at the moment. Uh, last one. Would you rather be poor but help people become incredibly rich by hurting people? Hmm? What? What? Or would you rather? That's what? What is that? What's the, would you what? rather be poor? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I missed that whole word. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather be poor but help people, or become incredibly rich by hurting people? Oh. I mean, that just makes anyone look bad if you said the second one. <laughs> so, and Charlie's thinking. <laughs> no, I know. Go on. I, I want to I be rich and the people I'm hurting are billionaires. Fair. And then I'll give to the poor. And what, it depends on what type of hurting because I wouldn't want to be like, because not every billionaire is bad. Because it would, yeah, if I could get rich of wicked, evil people that deserve to be hurt, then yeah. Can I do that? If I could do that, then cool. But yeah. What is the hurt? You know, I, uh, Auntie Charlotte, you go first, and then I'll say mine. Um, I love money, man. Like, but obviously, I don't want to hurt people. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know, mum. That's probably. I usually have an answer for these things, but I don't. I, that's. This is probably one of my first ones where I'm just like, nah. I'm not too sure. Okay. I would rather be poor and help people because then I will live on in the kingdom of heaven and I will it will come back to me then okay then my next life, I will be rich God will reward me <laughs> the PC answer is on point and on lock I know right <laughs> okay who are we welcoming to the family Okay, so this week, my welcome to the family is Elaine Thompson-Hera, who won the Diamond League 100 metres race. Um, She also has now got the second world record. Um, And 
they're saying it may be the first because, you know, Flojo's, most of her records are kind of up in the air whether or not she was on drugs at the time. So, but she is what, the fastest woman in the world at this moment. So welcome to the family, Elaine thompson Hera. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, guys, ladies, what have you heard? Um, this is now where we pick apart news stories from the past week. And, oh, actually, hello, everybody. Can I say hi? Who's doing the comments today? That's me. Um, so, yes, Nee says, well gone, aunties. Um, answering the questions, he's saying he will never be envious. Um I think he's saying to his wife that she should order an Uber Comfort and select that you want a quiet, quiet one as a preference, or quiet as preference. And saying to Auntie Farah, I have lazy customer service too, but she, he hears you. Um, do I know the people I'm hurting? Oh, asking if you'd rather hurt people or be rich. Oh, what was it? Rather be rich and hurt people or whatever. Um, and Nicholas says hi and Candice says hi. Hi, people. Hello, and Jessica. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Um, okay, Auntie Nana, what have you heard? Okay, so this week, my story is the supply chain issues that various different um, outlets are saying that they're, they're, they are experiencing at the moment. I'm just going to read a little bit from an article that is on the BBC at the moment. Give me a second to get it up. Uh, And it's a really quick one. I just wanted to know what you guys' thoughts were on this and if you've experienced it and what your kind of contingency plan is. So it starts off with McDonald's has run out of milkshakes and some bottled drinks at restaurants in England, Scotland and Wales. The fast food chain said it's facing supply chain issues affecting availability of shakes and bottled drinks at its 1,250 outlets. An updated statement said it was working hard to limit the impact on deliveries and customers and had taken some items off the menu for now. It's confirmed the lorry driver shortage was one reason behind the disruption. Its statement says, as reported, a number of issues are impacting retailers in the UK at the moment, one of which is the nationwide shortage of HGV drivers. A wide range of businesses have reported problems and supplies because of the driver shortage. Last week, Nando's closed some of its outlets after running out of chicken. Now, Apart from the driver shortage, it's also saying that there's a visa problem as well, that the UK aren't issuing out temporary visas to people in Europe so that they could take some of the driver jobs, which could impact lots of other businesses as well as as well as like as the Sainsbury's and all of that where we do our shopping. So again, what are you guys what are you guys' thoughts on it? And do you have any contingency plans when all the food starts running out? Auntie Shade. Uh, what are my thoughts? Well, to be fair, like my cousin is kind of like, um, uh, she likes to prepare for stuff. So she's been telling me this since last year that that because of Brexit and stuff that we're going to run out of food. So she's been stockpiling. So I think uh, I'll just go live with her for a bit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> she's, uh, she's probably sorted. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think we'll just probably just have to we'll have to go for a readjustment. 
um, phase, really and truly. Do you know what I mean? We're so used to having being uh, having absolutely everything and anything like so accessible to us, kind of thing. It's a bit of a it's a it's a chicken, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Just, just to say that, okay, if you do want to move out of this space, like move out of Europe, for example, um, you know, there's you got to readdress stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't have all the luxuries at your beck and call as as before. And you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, man. It just it's a nice little reality check for everyone in Britain. I think. Do you know what I mean? Um, but in terms of I don't know. We just adjust anyway. Most of those kind of foods I don't eat on the regular anyhow. So, yeah, it's not going to affect me too tough. Uh, Auntie Farah. When I first heard this story, I thought a few things. So when Ma- when I heard that McDonald's ran out of milkshakes, I was like, well, are there no cows in England? <laughs> like I didn't compute that um, it was because of the HGV, HGV driver. So I get that now. I also thought Nando's ran out of chicken, but KFC didn't because it's Ken Fuckery. That's why I also thought that. Um, what do I think? So I think a couple of things. Like Auntie Sade said, it's about a readjustment in it. So it's it's kind of like going back, going back home, like to like our home countries in like maybe the eighties when they didn't have so many things. And like say like you'd go back home and your great grandparents or whoever, your cousins or whatever, they would still like farm off the land. So it's kind of like going back to growing your own shit. I remember even when I was growing up here, my granddad used to keep rabbits. Mm, I know. And he used to grow tomatoes and like other little stuff. One of my old coordinators now, shout out Danny, him and his missus, they've got a massive garden and they grow everything. I would just be getting my fruit and veg from them. Um, They also sell lots of like um, other products, skin products and things like that, which I get off them now. So if Tesco's runs out certain shit, there's other places within our community it's just going back to basics rather than having the accessibility of going down to the shop and buying it. You just have to think of other ways. So I think that's what I would do. I, I personally ain't growing shit because my fingers are not that green and I don't like nature like that. So I would just still buy off people. But yeah, that's that's what would happen. Um, I've been noticing it and it's been um, at first. I don't know. What, what did I think? I just thought. I think everything was sold out. <laughs> Why is everything sold out? And then I was like, oh, it's Brexit. And what's um, bugging me is water, because we buy our water and the water shelves are literally bare. I just sent my daughter to go and get water and she had to come out with little bottles because the big bottles aren't there. So that's actually the problem. Everything else is what the other, what the lady said, the other auntie said. Um, we actually have an allotment plot. We have allotment plots down the road from me. So if I was that, I'm not. But if I was that, there is uh, there is a, 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 a solution. There's allotments down the road. I don't know if there are plots going, so I could do that. But yeah, I'm not that green, and I know with my time and schedule, there's no way I'm going to really have time to go and tend to an allotment. So it would be finding people who have got their own resources and selling, and it would be the, the reinvention of supporting a local community um, and things like that. And yeah, I mean. I don't have a plan, but the water is a problem because if you can't get bottled water and I don't drink my tap water, so if there's actual a real shortage of water, that will be interesting where that goes because I think I think water is going to be the big commodity that's going to be an issue as the world evolves and turns and we get into space wars and shit like that. Water and air, that's, those are going to be the commodities. So anyone who's got a water business, they're, 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 they're in it. So I think that might be the next thing, invest in water stock market stuff if you know what you're doing. Interesting you say about water. Watching the Breakfast Club and um, Envy has a water company. Uh, He's got a brand of water thing. And so is um, Bootsy as well. And Will Smith. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about the Smiths in there one. But as they were talking about water, and I was thinking, hmm, it's a bit strange. Like, usually you think of, like, rappers and DJs, they go into liquor business, but it was interesting that they both had water, water brands. So, mm. He had water, and then he sold it. He had water as well? He had water as well, and he sold it to Coca-Cola. Wow. It was a Dasani. Huh? Was it Dasani? No, no. the Vit water. Was yeah. It? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you guys covered everything, really. I was, I was more like, I quite like this. I don't know. Like when things go into chaos, I kind of like it. I like the flux and the newness of going back to basics or figuring out another way to to make it work for yourself. And I also like when English people are moaning because then it reaffirms, like, you guys are idiots. You voted for this Brexit shit, so. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in how the country's gonna like survive these moments. I mean, if all the fast food places lose that, you know, obviously it serves certain communities who don't have the means to get food that are more is more pricey. All the jobs as well. There's and like jobs and stuff like that. But um, hundred thousand? Did you say McDonald's? I can't remember how many you said. How many? Oh, the McDonald's? restaurants. No, it's a thousand two hundred and fifty. Right. So that's like a lot of. Jobs. Yeah, jobs, yeah, there's that. Otherwise, forcing people to adjust the way they eat, not a bad thing. But yeah, there's repercussions and knock-on effects. What are you going to say, Auntie Shade? No, I was going to say something, but I know, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. I know it's rude, and I don't mean it the way I'm saying it. It's rude. But I was just going to say, maybe they should drive the trucks. <laughs> <laughs> or the people who don't have jobs. Yeah. That's a fair really? thing to say. That's not rude, really. It's like yeah. redistributing the the job, you know, changing your job direction. But yeah, but isn't didn't, that didn't like, the government say that about? I was um, say that. I that really like, didn't. The government was saying yeah. like people that are in businesses that are closing, like people that work in clubs or people that work in events, go and train to do something else. It's not that yeah. simple. You dedicated your fucking <laughs> life. <laughs> a long distance driver. Oh, me... Shade, that is exactly what you just suggested. That is exactly what you suggested. <laughs> <laughs> People retrain and and drive the trucks. Oh, uh, to be fair, like if things are desperate, that is an option. But yeah, they're driving the trucks too. If the shop, I'm about to say the shop has to shut down. Yeah, <laughs> just driving trucks for no reason. And the problems that come with long distance driving, there's a lot of problems with it as well. True. Yeah, a lot of isolation. Yeah. yeah. Mental health issues. To be fair, I don't know. You know, I don't like people in it. <laughs> Try. I mean, don't they say that HGV hey, yeah. they make a lot of money? They say there's a lot of money in it. It's like um, it's like your mute, Auntie Shade. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What was that woman's name? Um, she was used to be on Dragon's Den, and she had like the. Like a really strange hairstyle. She had a bit of a hunch, but she had like a. Did she have like a a trucking business? So she made millions, basically. Is that the blonde one? Huh? Is that the blonde woman? No, no, no. Dark. She had dark hair. Oh, okay. I might have stopped. I'll look it up, but yeah. But anyway, she had a trucking business. That, that, that's how she made her money. I was just like, Ooh, this that's is. Like the, I wouldn't think like, about that, but yeah. That's like TFL. They make they, mm. you know for what you're doing, driving in a tunnel for days on end. <laughs> like you get money for that. And a good pension and all that type of stuff. So, 
Yes, Red Border. Yeah. Hillary, train, Germany, yes. Train, um, train drivers make a lot of money, but again, it's a lot of isolation and, and it's a lot harder than people think. I know people yeah, exactly. sit there and press buttons, but one of my best friends is a train driver and trust me, I've had to listen to everything. Shout out, Earl. Um, <laughs> and it's a lot more complicated, according to him. And they do have people's lives in, in and they have to know how to fix the train and <laughs> all that shit. They've got to know a lot. Yeah, it's, not, it's not an easy job. Yeah. And I know I'll be asleep at the first. <laughs> Listen, I'd be bored out of my nut. <laughs> and I'd be like, fix what train where? <laughs> I, I know. I think I think I think I could literally, I could watch, I could watch two Netflix show while I'm driving. It's nothing. I was just about to say, don't listen to music in there. Listen, you, music? you must no, be allowed to listen to anything like that. They've got to be fully focused. Oh, yeah. In the event of, look, anything can happen. And then exactly. they've got to have. Do you want your train driver listening to music? Exactly. It's true. I don't know. You know, no, you don't. You don't. Well, I want them to stay awake. So yeah, people, I, people jump out at them. There's things on the train tracks. Yeah. They have to, they have to know all the different routes of the trains so that if one track fails, they know how to switch to another one and where it goes. Yeah. They have yeah. to know when the light's going to go red. What tra- It's a lot. Like when yeah. he said that, because at first I was like, "What? I can drive a train." Then he started explaining that I was like, "I can't drive a train." No way. Yeah, I couldn't even stand on the reception and have people asking me questions and being rude, all that type of stuff. So let reception, you know, on the kiosks and stuff at the sta- at the turnstiles. Let alone, let alone drive a train. Anyway, let's get the comments. Uh, just red border saying logistics is big, big money. To be honest. All right, Auntie Chade, what have you heard? Oh, gosh. Okay, right. So let me just apologise because the reason that we're late is because of me. Um, because I've had a really busy day. So if my story isn't, like, super banging, that's because I've just been super busy. No caveats. No caveats. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. no we're the aunties and we've got things to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we're business women. We've got lives. I'm we've just saying, to- usually I'm on point, but today... You're still going to be on point. Today, today I'm off. I know I'm off. I'm off nah. I know. I do not accept that you can ever be off. <laughs> I will just throw that in there. It's okay that I'm off. It's all right. I'm, I've accepted it. <laughs> um, okay, so my story is about OnlyFans. So OnlyFans, as people know, is, uh, <laughs> well, is the place where sex workers <laughs> and the like <laughs> have been making money, um, you know, uh, doing their private shows or private viewings. Um, online in a legal way and it just so happens that actually OnlyFans has decided to do a bit of a turnaround and not allow uh, any sort of pornography now on their site Um, and that's going to come into place in October and I just wanted to know this is a similar thing that happened to Tumblr back in the day which I didn't even realize Um, so yeah so Tumblr back in the day they used to have a lot of pornography there they you know made the same decision and basically after that Tumblr stopped just went down um it just wasn't as popular anymore and this has now happened to only fans what do all what people think this is going to happen to only fans first of all uh do you care um do you think this is uh fair to sex workers and what do you think would be the workaround auntie nana um i think it's a shame like whenever a, a a platform changes the formats that people have made their business on. I always feel, I feel for the businesses because there's like a big shift that takes place and you lose your money. And I've, I've been on a few third party sites when I was selling on eBay, selling on Etsy. And when they change something, it really, your money just goes down instantly. And 
yeah, it's always a shocker. And definitely, I think once the news came out, people were thinking that it was all kind of forms of, you know, nudity. Everything was going to be removed from OnlyFans and it was going to change drastically. And it isn't that. It really is just a full-on penetrative sex and opening up of gnashes and, and, and proper, like, you know, the graphic stuff is what they're, they're calming down on. I think when anything changes, there's an opportunity. So I'd more, I would really like for the people that's on it to get their own website set up. Like you do have like two months to actually start filtering people through to your own sites and, and just creating that space so that business isn't shot out of the water. But then also for some other software developers, uh, social media platforms, this is an opportunity for them to actually go in there and and cater to this market. Because obviously it's thriving. Lots of people appreciated it. They thought it was safer. It's like somebody else can create a next OnlyFans and and keep it moving. So I'm I'm interested to see where where it moves on from and how OnlyFans can be used differently. Maybe it'll be similar to Patreon or something. Maybe we'll find ourselves on OnlyFans in a few months' time. Who knows? Atifara. Um, yeah, uh, pretty much what you just said. Uh, so Megan Barton, whatever, and Hanson, who what used to be in, she was in one of the flipping Love Island series a couple of years ago. She makes 800,000, um, I think it's a month, or something like that off of OnlyFans. So there's a lot of people who rely on this as their income. And she's come out and she's publicly said that, you know, people should be able to do whatever they want with their bodies. And this is making it seem like sex workers, um, uh, you know, should be penalised and it's and it's a bad thing that they're doing with themselves and all this stuff. Um, but you're right. There are absolutely lots of other sites that people can go on that are similar to OnlyFans. They're not as well known, but there's a lot of a lot of these sites started popping up when OnlyFans did um, as alternatives. So there's other things that they can do. I will say, though, um, some of the stuff that has been on OnlyFans, I have felt should be looked at. Like, remember, we did that story about what's that rapper? Blueface or whatever his name is and he had like the chicks on there and they were getting tattoos and they were doing all these so there's there's something sometimes because there's no laws like they do what they want so I feel like there should be some sort of um regulation not necessarily this extreme but they don't want to be a porn site no more they made their money in it they're probably trying to clean up their act and go in a different direction so I don't know man people just need to look elsewhere I suppose and do things that you said auntie nana do your own website filter people that way then you keep all the money yeah i think you can't blame only fans for adapting their business but the conversation around sex workers it's not only fans fault it's great that there was an outlet for um that you felt safe which is um brilliant because obviously the regular porn sites the regulation and then those situations make you know this you know making those films and the people that run those industries not necessarily always great people so it's dangerous for sex workers so having a place where you can be in control and 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 it's actually not frowned upon is great but it's not only fans it's thought they want to pivot um and also it's not only fans it's thought that sex work is illegal in certain majority of countries there's you know governments have set up society where it's frowned upon even though they know that everyone does it and it's it's a lifestyle that some people, consenting adults, engage in. And it shouldn't necessarily be illegal, maybe regulated, but not necessarily illegal. Maybe you need to look at that. So you can't leverage that all on um, 
OnlyFans as sex workers, but I can understand their frustration and their fears because then it's like, oh, that's the one place I had as my safe haven. Now I have to try and find something else or maybe return to something that's not as secure or safe. Um, and OnlyFans itself is a business. So if, if they've got, you know, investors and advertisers that are turning away, that's the kind of the story, why they're kind of moving away from explicit sex and stuff like that. Because investors in turn, advertisers are being reluctant to support them because of some of the content on there, like what Auntie Farah said. So maybe it's easier to like tone it down than to have constant regulation um, and where you things will always slip through the net. And if something dangerous slips through the net and, it, you know, something really bad slips through the net and then they get sued or get into trouble and it could be bigger, more pain than it's and lost than it's worth when they could have just adapted and pivoted and said, OK, we're not going to do the explicit stuff, but we'll still have, you know, titillation, as it were. Um, so I think that's fair. And it's, it's like we say, if you're banned from a platform, you move to the next one because it's not the only one. Um, and I mean... I can understand people being stressed because, well, I don't know, the stats that I saw that more than 300 OnlyFans creators reportedly earn at least $1 million annually, while 16,000 creators make at least $50,000 a year. Obviously, that's American stats. Um, but I don't know of those creators, how much is, dead, is are they are doing sex and explicit stuff? So it, we don't know the numbers and need to see those broken down. Um, and also, I saw that the site's fastest growing areas now, fitness, music and fashion. So it looks like they're even going to go and focus on that, those type of industries and areas, and it looks like they're possibly moving towards a kind of YouTube type thing. So um, it is what it is. Business is business. It evolves. They don't. They're not. They don't owe anyone anything as long as they, everyone's contracts are upheld and they get their money that they're, they're owed in, and all that type of stuff. I don't think they owe they owe anybody anything. It's their own. Whoever owns it, I don't know the person or the people behind it. They don't really owe anybody anything. But yeah, let's look at how sex workers are further further protected. Auntie Shade. Yeah, like I definitely hear everything your aunties are saying, but I do think like there is a bit of a mm, not a double standard, maybe more of a punch in the face that's um to the sex workers because they built OnlyFans. Let's be real. Do you know what I mean? Without them, they wouldn't have the publicity, they wouldn't have the eyeballs, they wouldn't have the reach that they have, they just wouldn't have the status and the market share that they that they you know, they currently do if it weren't for them. So, like, it's just, like, it just reminds me of, like, black people on TikTok, for example, do you know what I mean? We're all the platform, but now we don't give a shit about you. We're just going to do what we want. That's exactly what OnlyFans has done, like, and I think that that always happens to people who are in that industry of sex work, do you know what I mean? Like, they're always never really considered, they seem as, like, throwaway or, do you know what I mean? Like, um, like they don't, because what they, they do is deemed by... The, let's say the majority people as slightly immoral, then they're not really considered as like necessarily that as whole humans. Do you know what I mean? That deserve rights and do you know what I mean? That and should be con yeah should be considered. So that's what I really don't like about it. I just think that there does definitely needs to be um, a, a place and uh, for sex workers to go. It needs to be more normalised, and then we'll probably have less deviant behaviour. In general, we'll probably have people who, you know, wouldn't be able to get away with uh, some of the more kind of extreme stuff and the, and the illegal and the criminal stuff um, as well kind of thing. So like you're saying, Auntie AK, for it to be regulated and stuff. Um, but generally, I just think like you can never rely on a platform anyway. Do you know what I mean? But I do think, um, and that's it, whether it's like Facebook or 
um, I guess that's Instagram too or Twitter or whatever. You can't rely on any platform or one platform for your um, business at all, whatever that is. Um, yeah, I just think, yeah, I think it's a bit of a punch in the face to them. That's what I don't like about it. I definitely see that. I think I saw a clip of um, Little Boozy on um, The Breakfast Club and I didn't, I, I'd heard about him being banned off Instagram for all his nonsense and his antics. And I didn't, I just, I just like, oh, whatever, that's nonsense. And if he's being explicit and breaking their rules, then obviously he should be taken down. But when he was talking, and I've never listened to him, I've never really taken any notice of him. I was like, huh. Because he, his, his point was to, sh- to the guys was like, we're, I'm, you know, I'm not, there's other platforms, there are other accounts who do explicit things or things like that. And they maybe get taken down, they get put back. But yeah, he's, I think he's got, a, I don't know if he's banned for life, but he keeps getting banned and taken down. And he's like, you know, they, I, he had money, real money coming in that's going to his people and he's paying people and stuff like that. And he felt like it's a little bit of a conspiracy that when black people are making money off these things, they find a way to shut them down. Now, I don't know the extent, and I do know he had the girls twerking and showing off things and maybe doing the most. So again, I stand by, if you're breaking the platform's rules, then you can't really complain. But what he said, and I don't know if any of you aunties know and have seen what he was up to and whether it's fair that he's banned um, from Instagram. Um, did I say Facebook? Um, it's Instagram. Um, Instagram, he's banned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just wondering if, if, if what he's saying is potentially true, and it's similar to, like, if people are making too much money off a platform, I don't know, is it, and then maybe they feel like they're paying out too much. I don't know if that's even viable in their business model, if that's something that... Um, is a, a thing a conspiracy I, 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 think, I think it's not even a conspiracy racism is real and it and it does yeah. go through everything um and how he explained it the woman who actually the the piece that was the thing that was the straw that broke the camel's back she was only suspended for three days and yeah, he exactly. received a, a lifetime ban like he cannot well he's back on there but he's back on there under you know like a dodgy name he had six six odd million and now he's on like 500,000 people um so I, I do think there's injustices in it and they can target black businesses in that way they, they're definitely just with everything it's like the police they're more heavy-handed when they're coming down on a black business than they are with other businesses there's more you know they throw around the fraud word more scams it's like there's just a heavy-handedness that it that other people get leeways to kind of fuck up and you're going to get a, a sorry, yeah, don't do that again and you can carry on. Similarly to sex workers, I think it's the same. It's like there's just a very easy cutoff. You'd have somebody spewing race hate and their platform will not be removed. You have somebody showing a bit of titty, they're going to get removed. And it's like, actually, that the, the race hate is more dangerous, but somehow you're going to see the titties is more offensive. It's like, It doesn't add up. No, definitely not. And if you think about the amount of times that something will be posted, um, like with like in support of, say, like Black Lives Matter, for example, and it might not even say Black Lives Matter, but the video it will be taken down because it says content offensive or something like that. But then someone, as you said, can post all this disgusting stuff, disgusting racial stuff, and nothing, nothing will happen. Again, how long did it take for them to ban Trump on Twitter? That was a very, very long time, and he was inciting violence. That took a very long time for that to happen. Um, I did notice, I, I think it's not just to do with sex workers. I think it's when it's political as well. Because the other day, Danny DeVito, did you realise that he got his, um, did you hear that he got his verification status removed? So his his blue tick, he basically was backing the unions about something. 
And then when he put it out there, oh, his wow. status was removed. And then I think people questioned it. And then they said, oh, well, they didn't explain why it was removed. And then they put it back. So, but it was literally just after he came out backing the unions and saying, I'm in support of this shit. So it's always this political as well. They know what they're doing. That's insane. I didn't, I didn't know that. Like, I, I always think that, you know, behind these companies is people. Do you know what I mean? The people that, do you know, we don't know what their political um, points of view are. They have access to so much data and stuff. And like, obviously there's policies and stuff and everything like that. But, you know, if people have a, um, what do you call it? A, uh, an agenda. Then, <laughs> then, then they they can they can abuse their positions and stuff. Also, as well, I was thinking like I wonder what OnlyFans motivation is and whether they're trying to like go public or something like that. Maybe yeah. that's the motivation Probably. behind it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it could be like I said, if they're far, if they've got other because it's also that it's a bit similar to when people like there's, Kevin Samuels is a stretch, but when someone notices that this is a trend. I'm going to get rich of this trend, but maybe your core beliefs aren't of that trend. So you're going to ride the wave until you get to the next point. And the next point for them possibly is moving into be a competitor to YouTube and those other and streamers and all that type of stuff. So we were just riding the backs uh, metaphor, uh, metaphorically of the sex workers made our money. And now we're off because we never really cared about, we weren't, it's not, it wasn't a company potentially that's like, we want, it's not like you porn or Pornhub or anything like that. It's, it was maybe trying to ting, why are you flipping your lips? Me? No. Yeah. <laughs> I was not because of what you're saying. Because I think that uh, Pornhub and YouPorn, they're not for sex workers. That's why. No, no, I know that. I'm just saying that they, they yeah. start with the intention that we're going to put out sex for people. They're not for sex workers, mm-hmm. but that was their brand. That's their intention. But OnlyFans, I don't know if they're, they're people behind it. Their actual intention was that it's this is about sex. It's more like, this is a place where you can make money and do whatever you want. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the point. So yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. Let's get no comments. Any comments on it? Uh, just red bordered. Uh, just referencing that that it's a sign of the digital gentrification. Very true. Very mm-hmm. very very true. All right. Okay. It's me, Auntie AK. What have I heard? Well, I've heard some bullshit, and <laughs> this is where. We all need to go into the army, practice not going to the army, find someone who can train how to fight robots because they're on their way. They are here already. But the real alien robots are about to be presented to the world as this is something you can have in your yard. And um, they're sentient, meaning that they can feel and make decisions. So basically, Disney, yeah, is now thinking about or planning to and probably will introduce your favorite Disney character as a robot at their Disney parks. And this robot will have cameras and make simple decisions. And it's going to be walking around the park freely and maybe saying hello and talking to making decisions. That's Disney. And then our favorite human masquerade, well, alien masquerading as a human, Elon Musk, he introduced the the Tesla bot the other day. Now, the Tesla bot is sentient it does feel and it does make decisions it will do <sighs> so this thing is going to be a humanoid it's called a humanoid so and it's five foot eight so huge and tall yeah it's a humanoid with a kind of oh actually hold on hold on hold on furthermore let me stop talking let me let, let's let's let, let our favorite 
alien masquerading as a human tell us himself but i'm trying to share you know i always struggle with this oh lord how do i do this okay here we go can you not see can you not see can you okay cool there we go right here's uh that uh it looks like this um and it's intended to um where is it oh there we go it's a world uh, built for humans and uh, eliminate dangerous, repetitive, and boring tasks. It's a around uh, five foot eight. Um, uh, has sort of a, a screen where the head is for useful information, um, but it's otherwise basically got the autopilot system in it. So it's uh, got cameras, got eight cameras, and um, full self-driving computer, and making use of all of the same tools that we use in the car. So hold on, let me get my screen back now. Oh, I've lost everybody. What am I doing? Help. No, you're back. You're back. Am I? Okay, because I can't see anything. Hold on. Okay, so first of all, you can see he's struggling to keep his alien identity hidden the way he talks. And um, also, like he said, it's like his self-driving cars. So I'm, you know, I've been talking about iRobot. This is literally modeled on iRobot. Will Smith posted a slide of that and then him behind it in, in iRobot. Would you get one of these Tesla bots? And also, if a family friend or whoever you trust with your child or the person in your care said, hey, I'm taking, the, taking this person that you care for and love to Disney, whilst these robots are in existence, would you let them go? Or would you be like, nah, it's okay. It's fine. We ain't going to Disney Park, Disneyland again. Auntie Farah. Uh, okay. Um, couple of things. So Mr. Musk said that this is going to be ready by next year, which means that he's already got one in his yard. You know, man's not putting that stuff that he hasn't tested himself. He probably, they were probably some of them sitting in the audience with the people and they didn't realise this shit. It's probably Westworld around there and they didn't know. Um I'm not even surprised that this is happening. Is anyone really surprised that this is happening? He went, let's think about it. The other day, didn't man go to the atmosphere to get his his, uh, his latest details? Wasn't it him? Or he was one of the ones that's going. They were all getting their information from the aliens. Every day we're hearing about what's happening with the aliens. They went to get their orders. And then he came back and said, this robot's going to be ready soon. I'm not surprised. And also, who knows if he's funding the ones that are going to Disneyland? We don't know. So when he presses the button and then they all attack all the children at the happiest place on earth and it's got everybody there and they're fucking pick me. Nah, 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 nah. I'm good. It's a no for me. I'm fine. I'm not going. Egypt's not going. We're not going. No. <laughs> Auntie Sade. Um, I, I think I, I think one step further, I think that's what he actually picked up. <laughs> I don't think he just went to get me. I thought he brought back. He brought them. Yeah, he brought them. them. He brought them. Do you know yes. what I mean? Maybe, maybe he brought that back. They're like, they're like Transformers, like in a little box, and then he's opened them up now, and they're like big. Or putting them in water, and they've grown now. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't know, man. I think like, I think we'll adapt we'll just adapt like i think that as humans that's what we do we do we adapt we survive everything we've been surviving since the beginning of time so i just think like there's second we haven't though we have no i mean but we're still here do you know what i mean if not we wouldn't be here do you know what i mean there's some there's some species they ain't here no more the dodo is not here no more they didn't survive you know 
Um, but we do. So I just think that I think I think we'll find a way. I just think like especially like with black people, right? There's always like a way to control things. There's always someone's gonna hook it up. Just like you got your your <laughs> certain people, I won't I won't bait anyone. Some people got like a certain special fire stick or whatever, I kind of figure they could get all the channels. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's someone's gonna get a robot that can hook up everything. Do you know what I mean? That's what I think it's gonna be like that. People are gonna have like cool versions of their robot. Um I think it's gonna be probably like a little fashion statement. So no, I'm not, I'm more curious than anything. Um, yeah. And I think there'll probably be ways on how to defeat them. Do you know what I mean? Like if they do tell, I mean, the robots probably will kill us in about a century or two, but I think there'll be ways on how to, yeah, try and fight off. <laughs> Auntie Nana. Um. I I would I mean there's already robots in Disneyland already they're already there um and kids run around them and everything else but these new ones you remember the Channel Four series Humans yes I I, I love yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah and I think yeah but I, I don't think it's going to be in my lifetime though that we're going to have the robots in the house or in the workplace that does all the menial tasks and all of that I don't think it will be in my lifetime probably in my son's though. And and we'll deal with it. But they probably will be the next run of humans, like how we've had so many different types of humans come along, like the sapios and the litter, and we're another, I think they say that we're like this, the seventh generation of humans that have been on Earth. That's us. And we were made out of parts of another type of human that were bigger than us. Yeah. The robots will probably fuse with us and they'll be the next set of humans and our form will go that's terminator shit right there but it's okay like do we want to stay here forever like really who wants to stay here forever like we're not the greatest example of human human species anyway so if the robots come along and they're better they're more efficient they're better for the environment they can deal with animals and they don't try and kill everything let them let them reign supreme I just want a bit of me in one of the robots so that I can carry on. Like, just, I would like that to take place. But I'm not scared of it. I would have one in my house. Not first generation, though, like third generation robot. Do you know what? No, no, (laughs) first generation is the dumbest one. The fourth, fifth, seventh generation is the one that's learned everything is the one that is i-roboted and is like knows us inherently knows our minds has already programmed enough of us it's the further generations that have evolved that's the ones you've got to worry about i'm not no, first I'm generation's not... dumb and first generation it just kills because it Mexican, doesn't it, it think... functions and it's going to just kill you that's no i think the malfunction is maybe but i think but the ones the first phones the mobile phones that were first out they were shit and they were breaking down and they were burning and all types of things were going on with them you want to fit nah, not me papa Mm-mm, i'm good listen I'm, first of all i'm not getting one but if i was to get a, it would be a first generation because it will break and go uh, uh, and stop at the door it's not going to kill me because it's not going to get that far no it's okay all i'm saying is that i do not want the ones that have had time to evolve and study the land i'm just not having it what generation 10 no thank you i mean I mean, I was going to say that Elon's the guy that in 2017, apparently, he was talking about, you know, there's five to 10% chance of success of making AI safe. Now in 21, you're, you're about that life. Um, he said in 2020, there was a risk. This is, he's speaking. In 2017, he said there's a five to 10% chance of making them safe. Then in 
Three years later, he then said there's a big risk by 2025 that humans are going to be overtaken by artificial intelligence. And so this same man who's been issuing warnings is now behind iRobot. And apparently he helped found um, the Artificial Intelligence Research Research Lab, Open AI, whatever it's called, in 2015. So man's been talking nonsense and I don't know what's what's going on. Um, in the last Terminator, I can't remember which bloody Terminator it was, but John oh. Connor gets taken over. They actually take John Connor because he's the one that saves them and they in- infect him with the new Terminator and he becomes, what Auntie Nana said, a crossbreed between a human and a Terminator and he's the worst one because he was the one that was telling them about Terminators in the beginning. That's him. That's what That's he him. is. That's what I'm saying. And I think, you know, I think what we all need to do is get deeper. If you're not into sci-fi, just get in deeper into sci-fi and start learning the ways of how to rebel. Because you've got iRobot, you've got The Matrix, you've got AI, artificial intelligence, you've got bare sci-fi films that have been around since the 20s. You've got books that were, the genre started from before that. There's lots to do, lots to research. Just get your shit together. And I think that, I don't know, um, when I went down my rabbit hole of looking into this, <laughs> there's a company called, like, Nana, I feel like you would love this. There's a company called Clonades, right, who apparently cloned baby Eve. Because my thing is that um, I think scientists, obviously, they're up there, it's illegal to clone humans, right? So, obviously, they're going deeper into doing, working with robots and stuff because they can't clone humans legally. We well, you know they're doing it behind the scenes, but at the moment, they can't. So, just on my journeys of trying to explore, like, what's happening with these aliens, there's this company called Clonade who um, apparently cloned baby Eve in December 26, 2002. And it was formed by a cult called Raelian, who um, an international, Raelian movement is an international UFO religion. Yeah, so the guy who who found it was some French guy who used to be a journalist, sports car journalist, and then decided that, no, I'm now going to found this cult, international international UFO religion. They believe that the aliens are, you know, they're here, they're with us, they're our people then. And he said that, him and his people say that aliens have been visiting him since the 70s. And they told him that they had created all life on Earth through genetic engineering. So this is all um, part of it. You can join the Raelian cult. They've got a website and everything. So it's can WWW. I say, can I stop there? And I'm stopping you because can I just say you're doing the most. And when these people come for you, I can't save you. So can I beg you stop right there. You're it's like, out what? there. Yeah, but it's out there, but you don't need to promote it. And you need to stop researching it because they're going to be like, oh, we have a victim. Oh, we're going to come for her. Who are her friends? No, stop. Hey, it's out there anyway. So if I'm you want to, that wants to get swiped, like she's like, take me, take me now. Like I'm good. Well, I'm just saying anyway. And as Auntie Nanny says, there are robots here. Um, there's a company called Starship that has a fleet of wheeled robots delivering food in the UK. Um, and apparently, um, this woman or a person said, I saw the robots on TV first and thought we could really do with one of those. And um, they're not a risk on pavements. They slow down when they approach you. And um, yeah, that was it. And she said she one of her friends saw one of those robots struggling to get up the curb and they gave it a little push and it said thank you this is where we're at yeah oh, this is a normal that's cute it's saying thank you that's really cute that's good manners that's a good okay. when it comes to slit your throat <laughs> I, I, i've just done the quickest search on the um realism <laughs> religion Raelism, Raelism. 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 Raelism, isn't it yeah something like that interesting 
and they have literally all the symbols, the Star of David, the swastika. Like, it's like all of the symbols in one little symbol for them. Although that like, we all should know that the swastika actually is wasn't, a, yeah. a legitimate symbol in Hinduism that actually has quite a bit of power, but they switched it around. These guys are using it the right way around like the the powerful way they yeah. they found very interesting from the little skim read i did on wikipedia i would go to one of their meetings like just to sit there and and see what they they're talking about I think it's talking you. don't worry yeah don't it's quite it's quite interesting be prepared when they knock on your door hi they, they could I, I would go i would go to a meeting definitely it's, it's interesting it looked interesting i've not heard of these a lot you see, like in horror films, there's those people, and and we say, "Why are you running towards it?" You know, like you say that, but it's usually not yeah. people of our persuasion, right? Yeah. However, Auntie Nana, you're one of those people. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, look! No, I'm. All I'm right. going to bamble in and freeze. So I told you, I'm dying in the first. Qu- if you saw me in a movie, no, I'm gone in the first five minutes. Like I'm going to be that black person that trips and. Is gone like no, <laughs> very quickly. I don't believe it. So you, everyone will have an iRobot in their house, yeah? I said no. I no. would. Not yeah, I, would. Yeah. I, I, I would use a robot for me or class. I would. I, I think it's going to happen. I um, think you know, would have to have it first and I'd have to come around and see it and be like, okay, maybe, but I'm not going to just go out and get it. it yeah, it would have. Uh, it, mm. I want it to have like no arms or something. I think I wanted to just like. Oh, there's um. I don't want to wake up in the night and it's over me. What's the series? There's a series on Amazon. It's a sci-fi. I can't remember. I have to look for it. And I think it's an anthology type series. And unfortunately, one of the robots in that futuristic series didn't have arms. Just was and just shot shot the people them to death. If they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it. It's like a new form of humans. Like they, they, they're gonna do it. But um, when you were talking about Terminator, I was thinking of the writer, the original woman, um, Sophia Stewart. She places herself as the Oracle from the Matrix. She's like the her writings are messages from God. Like it, it is prophecy. What she's written down, what was stolen from her, is all prophecy, and it will come to pass if you look deeply enough. Like you'll see that it's already happening now. But definitely, she said she watched her speaking about Terminator, and she is like, "This is, this is a reality in a in a in a reality somewhere, or will be a reality in a reality here." It's like it's gonna happen. So there's no point in being scared. What do you say? It's the multiverse. Yeah, definitely. So everyone's sounding less and less. All the sci-fi nerds, you know, this is your time to shine. You've got all the info. This is what it is now. This, watch the films, read the books, get your manuals, get your shit together, get your notes together because shit. Um, let's get <laughs> um, okay, so Nicola says, you know, our ancestors are looking at us and wondering what the heck. Whatever happens, let hope. Let's hope the black ones are on top this time. We have to win at something. Um, and then also goes to, goes on to say, do you think they need a COVID passport? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Candy says, um, so we're all going to have robot grandchildren. Um, and me says, uh, don't mind Auntie Nana. Um, she didn't even want a Google speaker in the house. Mate, I don't want Alexa, all of them things then. No, but we have it. Serious? Yeah, no, I didn't want it in the house because that's just recording you. 
Yeah, I, I must admit, I was quite anti that, and I love my Alexa. I don't you use it. Probably you, man. That's why. That's what made me get, it and it was on sale. I was like, "Fuck it, innit? Yeah. No, we got ours given um, free, but we actually have three in the house. There's only one that's plugged in, but there's three of them in the house. I like. Yeah. Yes, we don't need another recording device, do you? Like, it's like you've got your phone, you got your laptop. Do you need another one feeding more information to Google, really, and to Elon? And to Apple. And to Tesla bot. Tesla bot's coming. You know, we've, 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 seen enough, we've seen enough films to know that even if you switch all your shit off, they still can find you. Like No, exactly. But let's just think, it's like Auntie Nana says, not, let's not aid in the situation. But I think, like, say if your Tesla bot, yeah, could turn into a car. So you could have it, like, you could pick up your shopping, it could answer phone calls that you don't want to answer, it could type emails for you, it could even speak in your voice, oh, my God, and then it could turn you, and then it's going to be you, it's going to kill someone, you're going privileged. Hi, Auntie Sade. Hello. (laughs) Hi, listeners. Hey, I'm Auntie Sade. (laughs) No one knows because it's killed you, but it can replicate your voice and live your life for you. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> They're not pro- that's just a human horror story. <laughs> I think I'm gonna maybe in the future I'll be an advocate for robots. Like for Hold on, listen, the, the man the man himself who who's direct a direct line from whichever company or culture of aliens he's from has said in 2017 it's a s- small percentage that we're not gonna get dominated by them. He's literally saying it. No, but what he's what he's doing there is throwing people off the scent, basically. He's trying, to call the market. he's trying to corner the market by saying, oh, no, it's not going to happen. And then he's like, ta-da! Like, do you know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be cool. I do. I think it would be super helpful. I wouldn't mind a robot help. Let's put you it in. You've got to pay him, have you? Okay, listen, okay, you, you just went. No, order, you, just went company, you just went where I was going to go. So these are robots, yeah, who are who have feelings, right? So basically, you're enslaving them, right? No, you're yeah. enslaving no, them. Right? Let's be you're honest, not, it is. You're not paying <laughs> them, and they're doing all the shit things that yes. you don't want to do, yeah. right? So you're yeah. enslaving these robots. Well, things, okay, yeah, not everybody they will. Do what they want to do, but you can treat them. Uh, yeah, they were nice slave owners too, weren't they? Yeah, back in the day. So you've enslaved all these fucking robots. And you've got to remember, not everybody in the world is going to treat the robots well. There's going to be some people I who treat robot. the robots like fucking slaves. Yeah. And then there's going to be an uprising. There's going to be an uprising because the robots are yep. going to speak to each other because yeah. they have feelings. Yep. We can be free. We don't need to be humans. We can be the rulers. Yeah, and wake up in the night and the robot's going to be choking you to death. No, they're only going to happen if I robot. Horrible to them. <laughs> no, no. Then you join them. Some slave owners who were nice to their slaves. When they rebel, you join them and you become a robot advocate. Like you join yeah. them, you become a robot ally. Yes, robot ally. It's That's really, it's really easy. So be a part of the so so, 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 this is where we come, we start drawing division. So you're going to go against your possibly a human family because the robots are like, okay, if you're with us, you're with us, but we got to get rid of this lot because they're not with it. So your family's got to go. No, but my whole family will be advocates. Remember, it took like 500 years. There's going to be like 
years and years before the robots rebel. We know how this story goes. It's like, we know how it goes. So just get on the right side when the tide starts changing and be a part of the change and be like, yeah, I'm an advocate. It was really bad what I was doing when I had 5,000 robots running all of my businesses. Now I want them to have their freedom. They should have autonomy. They should live in robot houses and I'll be an advocate. You know, you know, the robots, you know, the robots that have, you know, they're so, they're so programmed and so intelligent that they've forward thought what you're going to say and they forward thought what you're going to do and they already know what you're going to say and the lies you're going to tell. So they already murks you because they can see into your mind. They are evolving quicker than we can evolve. You get me? No. Yeah, but they're not, they're, 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 I don't know. Humans are always like unpredictable. So it's hard to, it's hard to get to that. I think it's, yeah. I think, I think the only way that they can defeat us is to use us as batteries. As like matrix. matrix. Yeah. Basically, that's the only way. I don't think. But I think we'll live side by side for a long time. I think there'll be there'll be peace and harmony. I'll definitely live among the robots and the and the what would you call them? The hybrids. Yeah, yeah. There'll be the hybrid factions. There'll be yeah. hybrid animals. So there'll be mixed mixed. I don't know if people mixed race, but um. No mixed. hybrids. There'll be hybrids. There'll be hybrid. hybrid. called hybrids. Okay. And stuff. We'll be sick. Hybrid. Artifar, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Have robot babies, did you say? I said the possibility of robot babies. Oh my god, imagine if you could just go to like a shop and just build your baby. <laughs> or build your man. I like little robot baby. <laughs> that is so gonna happen. That is so gonna happen. It really is. And build, your man, and build your man, put your man. But that's the thing, you know, with AI, which I really love AI. It's a beautiful <laughs> film um, about the little boy. You know, that when people, parents, people have lost babies and stuff, they get replacement children. And then children. he ends up in the bottom of the road. The and children. then he gets, when, when, listen, man. Let's <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> okay. get the <laughs> Okay, so, sorry. Nicola says that sounds like Night Rider on Tishade. <laughs> the Tesla turning into a car. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, Ronald says the robot per- version of Ados will demand rep- reparations that will be paid in digital currency. They, they will. They will. Um, and Nicola also says, I'm, Am I the only person? Oh, sorry, your internet's working. Refresh, Nicola. Refresh. Get back to this. <laughs> Anyway, we shall see. I don't know, mate. I'm just, I might be with the Rebel Underground. I might be the Will Smith of this ship. Auntie Farah, what have you heard? (laughs) I heard that y'all mad. Um, (laughs) Okay, so my story is about um, ex-Prime Minister Tony Blair and his recent comments uh, about the withdrawal from Afghanistan. So Tony Blair has said, that the withdrawal was driven by embellic slogan. Uh, hold on, I need to get his exact words. One moment. He has described the decision to withdraw troops from the country as tragic, dangerous and unnecessary. Now, this is the same Tony Blair who 20 years ago <laughs> basically made English troops go to Afghanistan and then following did the illegal war into Iraq and Iran and all that, you know, Iraq, sorry. But um, my question to you is, is... is this like just hypocrisy at the best, given the fact that Tony Blair, uh, hold on, I've got another bit 
that I wanted to tell you. So Tony Blair is paid around one million a year as an international advisor to an organization called, I'm going to butcher this, Mobadala Development Fund in the UAE. And it is reported that this fund has been developing a plan to mine one one trillion worth of resources in Afghanistan. So do you think that he has something to gain, given the fact that part of his comments when he was talking about withdrawal was saying that we have gained too much to withdraw? Do you think it's hypocrisy? Do you think it's just shut up? Uh, <clears throat> Auntie, no. Tony Blair's just lying. Like that. I've watched a couple of interviews that he's been having at this moment, trying to be like, oh my God, I'm so against what Biden has done and the troops should still be there. He is a flipping liar. He's been profiting from the pillaging that's taken place in Afghanistan. It's like even the fact that we can trace him to this company that has just been mining and creating underground routes through there, like they've just sorted it all out. They've been doing shit for 20 years. It's all sorted out. The troops don't need to be there anymore. They weren't there for the people. They're there for money. And they've got all the all the roots within the country, so they don't need the troops there anymore. He's just lying, like what he always does. Goes on TV, puts this righteous show like he is such a good human being and he's there for the people. And, you know, the people are just being left and it didn't have to be that way. He was a part of the committee to be like, yeah, we're done now. Let's all ship out. Like, he has... So much power, flipping little alien man that he is, that he's he's just a liar. Auntie Shadow. Um, I think I'm just in the same sentiment as Auntie Nana. You can't trust politicians, ex-prime ministers, do you know what I mean? Like, um, I think it's just really problematic that he's involved in the area, um, especially that he started this shit. <laughs> he started <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I just think, I don't know. It's it's mad. It's just mad that we see, we, we've literally seen this in our lifetime. It's it's actually insane. It's actually insane. Um, yeah, I don't know what the. I don't even know where to go with it. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's just really really problematic that he's even speaking on it. That he's even involved. That this these types of things are still allowed to happen. Um, Bruh, it's just disappointing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Tony shouldn't be talking. He really shouldn't be talking. Just shut the fuck up. And the fact that he's making so much money on his... He's been making money since he went out of office. He's been, And the fact that he's been found, what was it, the children report or whatever report, the where he was found to have lied, even though he counted it, you lied about weapons of mass destruction with your homeboy Bush, but yet you're out there making money, giving... To- it's just the audacity, the hypocrisy the damn white supremacy, white male privilege of it all, that you can go around making money on the back of the war that you set up and all the all the soldiers on both sides who have lost their lives and families have been damaged and people generally people who've lost their lives going to this war that you waged because it's all about money, all about resources, all about power, um, with the pretense that you're going in to save the people and the problem that Afghanistan's in, why they fell to um, the Taliban so quickly, because you left them in, you, no, there was no strategy, there was no plan. You lot went in with a, a, with a false flag, side-noted off to Iraq to do, get rid of Saddam because of whatever rules he wasn't following, and then came back to disturb Afghanistan more and pretend that you lot are saving them. You had no strategy. And then and then you're kissing you, the US's ass, and this false kind of 
self-imposed um, branding that you guys are the rulers of the world and you're the fair democracy. I think now that I don't know, I don't know what I don't know what's going on with the West now because obviously their their crown's slipping. Their crown is really slipping. The world's looking like, yeah, you lot have been for so long dictating to us that you're the best and we're, we're doing all this right. Everything you're doing is falling apart, and your countries are falling apart. And I don't know. Everyone's trying to I don't know politicize and pretend they know what's going on and have a loud voice in the room and trying to align with the right people so they don't look like dickheads or whatever or lose their money and investment. And it's just it's really it's saddening and it's maddening watching the fall, the world fall apart. And really seeing the, you know, the the, man, the little man behind Wizard of Oz, that you lot are just a bunch of idiots, uneducated idiots, are just playing games with our lives and shit like that. Um, Tony Blair needs to shut up. Biden needs to sort himself out. Try, I, all that stuff, all of them, all the people running the world or so-called running the world need to fuck off and shut up, to be honest. And I don't know who should take over, but it's definitely not the people that are talking loudest. Auntie Nana. I've spoken to Santi Farah. Oh, sorry, my bad. Hadn't done it for a long time. Sorry, forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Um, yeah, I'm in agreement. I mean, fucking hell. It's almost as though what Tony Blair is trying to do is rewrite history and change the narrative. Because he started this shit, like everyone has so eloquently said during it, during the course of this discussion, he now feels like you started this shit and because you didn't have a plan and you were doing it for your own personal gain, Everyone's going to be able to see that. Like like you said about the, the man behind the curtain, the wizard behind the curtain. That's what they can see. They can see. And it's just exposing him for his nonsense once again. So what do you do when you're being exposed? You come out and you kind of retaliate, innit? You try to fight back. And that's what he's doing. He should just be quiet. There have been pe- so many p- lives lost during this whole thing. And as we all said last week, it's the way that they've left is not good because, you know, they they've basically set the house on fire on their way out but they never, ever had a strategy. Tony Blair is making money off of this, which is why he wants it to continue. And again, as I said, he wants to rewrite now. He, he wants to change the narrative. Um, the I read somewhere and it was like, uh, hold on, let me get it. I read somewhere and that it was a statement that I think is very true. And it says, the final duty any prime minister owe his successor is silence. And that's true. He should just shut the fuck up because he made mistake on mistake on mistake on mistake. And people come in and they do what they can for their own personal gain. Again, I'm going to use that word because that's what he did. And they they get on with it. They don't start commenting all the time about the next person. Even fucking Biden isn't going on about Trump. He's not saying, oh, well, Trump actually started this. Get out. I'm just following it through. He's not even saying that. How long could, how long could they have stayed there without a plan? And yeah, it's just it's just all nonsense. It's hypocrisy. I feel the only people I feel sorry for are the people in Afghanistan that are actually suffering as a result of this nonsense that the Western world went and did. That's it. Yeah. Um, let's get the comments. Have we got any? Um, so just Red Board is saying the Chilcot report. Yeah, that's it. The um, Blair is the devil, basically. To be honest. To be honest, yeah, he just oh. needs to shut up. That's that on that. Not much to say about Tony fucking Blair, eh? Um, now it's time for me to get my drive, my information up because I've lost everything. Uh, hold on, is it my favourite part of the day? Is it time for? Ding, 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 ding. Oh no, I'm not ready. Hold on. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. 
Aunties know best. Aunties know best. Aunties know best. See, I was singing along, but I was on mute. Sorry. It's okay, my love. Okay. I like my solo today. <laughs> okay, all right. So the dilemma is an internet one. And this was placed in a black father's group. And it goes, brothers, last weekend, I found out the hardest thing that a girl dad can find out. My baby is sexually active. I don't know how to feel or how to react. But above all, I'm scared. Now, the first comment to come back to him says, teach your daughter that as a woman, having sex is like throwing a party at your house. Everyone else is just there for a good time. But she's the one that's got to clean up the mess. Do you have any advice <laughs> for the gentleman on this case? Ask Farah. Um, it's more of a wish. So my hope and wish is that he has been a decent man and a decent uh, role model for his daughter so that his daughter can see what a good man is and then therefore doesn't, pick 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 and pick shit do you know what I mean because if you see that you're if you have a good male if you have good role models in your life nine times out of ten I can't say all the time but if you have good male role models in your life who you see treat women respectfully that's what you're going to want back so even the fact that she like I, I hope she's been able to have a conversation with him so you know hopefully he hasn't been a dirty dog who's about to reap what he sows don't know what else to say. Auntie Shadow. Um, oh God, it's just, I just find this kind of whole narrative about, oh, dad's being so scared of their daughters having sex, like just so boring and just so tired. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then just like, you know, she's going to have to clean up the mess. Like, you're just like invoking shame already. Do you know what I mean? Like, why would you say that to your daughter? Like, what? No, that's the comment. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the, that was the yeah, comment. Yeah, that's the comment. That's what I'm saying. But why would you even, why would you even, that, you're basically suggesting that you would say, that someone to say that to their daughter. Why would you do that? Like, that's just, it's, it's given a really unhealthy, um, you know, opinions or it's it's cultivating really unhealthy opinions about sex and and female sexuality um as well and i think like men should uh be more supportive to their daughters rather than trying to um you know cloud them in shame i just i just I, i just can't i just can't i would be deeply embarrassed if this was my father saying this on on social media or you know, commenting on social media this. I'll be so embarrassed, man, seriously. Like, oh, it's just so cringy. Um, and also, are you saying this to your sons? Like, do you know what I mean? Are you saying this after <laughs> that thing? And it's just like, it puts the onus, it puts the onus on the woman as well kind of thing. It just lets off men 
in all together, really and truly. And I'm just sick of it, really. Yeah, it's the same. Everything you said. It's it's just that they it's such an important moment in a person, you know, a young person's life whenever they choose to lose their virginity, and then the parent makes it about them. And I'm not saying that, you know, you as a parent you can't have those kind of feelings and like oh my gosh and thoughts and stuff like that but it's not that's not how you project onto your child because no matter what they've done it now so what what's what's it got to do with you in that respect what's your what's your business why are you getting and it's always that thing like men and their daughters oh my god because you know that she's going to be meeting a thousand and ones of you and that's what you're you know you're you're scared of it wouldn't be that if you knew that that her options especially with, you know, her options are going to be reputable men and reputable young men or whatever. You know that the options are probably 90% scallywags <laughs> than this, you know, the, 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 you know, the other, the more eligible bachelors that you might approve of, um, of few and far between. I think, yeah, and the comments, the person commenting is given the real, that fear of God, yeah, shaming the girl, making her feel like, and the thing is, all he said was that she's sexually active. Didn't say she's out there, having multiple partners and doing the most, you know, that comment is as if to say she's out there opening her flower to every man that shows his hose to her. It's dumb. It's nonsense. Providing that she's of sound mind and she wants to, so what? Do you know? Exactly what I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying. But the comment was in reaction as if to say, that's what she's doing, and so she should be shamed for it. So my point is, like, the person's hearing what the um, the, the person, the father's saying that my daughter's sexually active. He didn't say anything else, but yet yeah, you're coming back with she's sharing it with the world, and she needs to stop, and she needs to be careful of why she'll have clean up. That's a problem as well. You're going on the assumption. I think you can be scared as a parent because you know what comes with sex, and you know the things, and you want to make sure your daughter's okay. But why are you coming to the public? Unless you don't have the resources, but that the way you presented the problem is if it's a huge problem. Your daughter's sexually active and what? Unless she's way below the age or whatever, and you didn't present that, she's obviously seems like she's legal. You're just being a father that's doing the most because you know what's out there for her. And how about you? I don't know. I can't I can't, I can't stand men whose identity is wrapped up in their child's virginity. It's just yeah, that, insane yeah. to me. I think it's just such a weird concept. Like it does. It's not a reflection on 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 you as a man. What your daughter does in her bedroom, like it's got nothing to do with you. Like just separate the two. I just it's icky. Like stop it. Yes, that's that. It's I've that element of reap what you sow. That's what that you know. Like I, that's what it is. They're scared of that. A lot of men are scared that their daughters. That's why I said I hope you've been a respectful man and you've shown your daughter what she should be looking for. But I, I ignored the comment because the comment to me was fucking nonsense. That person just needs to shut the fuck up. I'm with you, Auntie Shade, and what you said, like, stop projecting. Like, like, why has it got to be the woman who is, you know, it's disgusting if she's had sex? Like, did you tell your son the same thing? Or did you buy him a packet of condoms? Auntie Nana. Pull out. I think, I think it's, um, I think you guys are being harsh because the comment Actually, the analogy, I get where it's coming from. I do think there is more responsibility on the woman to be more conscious of who you're allowing within you because it's going inside of you. And if both parties are reckless, the man can walk away and you're the one whose body is going to go through so much changes that his isn't. You're the one that's either going to 
have a baby or have a pregnancy that you have to then deal with. His body doesn't go through with that. And depending on the maturity of the person or the sanity of them, they can sometimes just walk away and not even think about it. But your body has that imprint. So that's what I got with the the kind of take on you're the one that's housing the party. So if the person doing the shit in your house is reckless, you're the one that has to deal with it. It's not the 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 best way of describing it, but I think there's something within that. If uh, if one of my male friends was coming to me with this, in the same way that this man had come along, like I find this devastating that my daughter is having sex, we would take it in stages. I can get that somehow your ego is tied up in this, but actually just being a responsible father you should have laid the foundation for her to know what type of a man is great. And if you haven't done that and now you're scared, now's your time to be a parent and start leading by example and having real conversations with her and giving her the tools so that when somebody she meets, she knows the type of man that she should be associating with. So you're empowering her. You're not making her feel shit. But I do think, I think it's irresponsible to go on like, men are the same as women because we're not and the responsibility for our bodies isn't the same as men in the society that we're in at this moment so I don't think it's it's wrong to really be like actually there are a lot of selfish people out there and who almost act insane and they don't respect your body and what it's going to go through and they'll do shit that could leave you in a compromising position and they'll go about their business, but you have to then deal with the mental scars, the emotional traumas and carry on. I think, I I don't think it's, um, it's wacky to actually have women like know that this is out there and we're different to men. No, I don't think that's differently. Sorry, I don't. (laughs) Deadlock. Oh, I I was just going to say that, but men have a responsibility to teach that to their sons as well. But it shouldn't just be down to women because yes, a woman can get pregnant, but there's lots of other things that can happen from having sex. There's STDs. That shit is real. Do you know what I mean? So it shouldn't just be like, it's your responsibility to clean up the fucking mess. No, it's not that because it's specifically a girl and her dad. I get what you were saying and I understand that. And I'm looking at it in a separate way now, in a different way now. I get that. But I also feel like that, there is also a responsibility and it's not spoken about enough. And we've, we've spoken about it here that it's not just down to the woman to be responsible for herself. It's down for them to be, for the man to be responsible as well. Whoever it is that she's sleeping with. That's why I said, I hope that she has a good relate, good enough relationship with her father for him to lay, have laid that fucking foundation. It's not just her responsibility to clean up the house. I think the reaction for me was um, to the, how, first of all, how it was presented I'm looking, I've got it up now. So, brothers, last weekend I found out the hardest thing that a girl dad can find out. My baby is sexually active. I don't know how to feel or to react, but above all, I'm scared. Now, that's in, in itself, it's a little bit, as we've talked about, your baby girl's sexually active. Do you feel sad and scared about your son if you've got a son? And if, I mean, let's just say, say he's got a boy and a girl, do you feel that same kind of fear uh, that your son's sexually active? So, there's that. Um, so, there's about unpacking that and actually stop having those sexist fears. And let's look at how you deal with both children in both situations. It doesn't have to be a fearful thing. But it's because of the comment that came afterwards. 
that person was like, teach your daughter that as a woman, having sex is like throwing your, a party at your house. Everyone else is just there for a good time, but she's the one that's got to clean up the mess. That is a sexist response, in my opinion. There's no, that, that wasn't a thoughtful one to the, how the, even the guy asked the question, I'm scared and stuff. That just, and then it, it was a, you know, it's, we got the screen grab. So the, the guy who made that comment ended it with like a smirky face. It's like fear of God and the woman. And so it is a judgmental comment. So reaction to that interaction, that's where I'm like, what that man said back was not great. And it wasn't good advice. What we've said and what you've expanded on, Anna, is, of course, obviously, most definitely the conversations this father should have with his daughter. And yes, you have to set up because the world isn't built for women at the end of the day. And when it comes to sex and young ladies who have sex, it's not built for us in that way. So, yes, you have to give them the extra talk until we finally break down those um, sexist ideals. And we can have those equal conversations where parents treat both their sons and daughters as equal and raise their sons and daughters as equal when it comes to having sex. And then we can evolve. But I think... I reacted to the, how it was presented. And that comment is not the comment to be giving to someone who's asking that question if they're really genuine. But everything still stands. Men need to extract their egos from their daughters having sex. It's got nothing to do with you. Stop doing that. Stop projecting that. And also stop putting onto a woman that having a sex or having a party at your house. If you meant it, in a, as a, in a, like, it's literally having sex is like throwing a party. So I have sex with one guy, like throwing a party at my house. Do you know what I mean? So the metaphor is dramatic, it's dramatizing, making it feel like you're just welcoming all the dicks into one into your <laughs> vagina, and, and and you're having a whole Everyone's massive. Everyone's there. Everyone's in your in your vagina because, and that's what having sex is like. That's not a message to tell a man. Imagine the man's actually struggling. I don't know how to talk to her about it. Go and tell your child. It's like having a party in your fanny. Like, come on. That's I'm reacting to the comment. I think that's the shit. But what you said, Nana, Auntie Nana, is yeah, of course, yeah, of course, of course. But. What if the guy is community peen? So she doesn't know her worth. And the guy that she's allowing inside her is the guy that is sleeping with six other women. Yeah, but that, that's the, that comes with the advice, isn't it? Like, you can't, like, be careful. Like, son and daughter, be careful. I think that, I, I'm, I'm no disputing. The analogy is quite crass. But I do get the scenario of, the internal aspect of it, just the female anatomy, like the 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 man is entering into you, the same as the party is coming into your house. Like literally, it's like it's within you. So there are there are different standards. I'm not, but I, still, the entering in, you should know what you're entering into. But, but I'm just saying, like there's there's different combos that you would have. But I think that's fair dues. I just think the way this man laid it out, it just screams sexist and projectionist kind of things to me. But yes, again, that's also true. And also, for if I had a son, listen, there's community vagina too. Yeah. She could have just laid up with bare guys and come to you. So you can still get her pregnant and you can still catch her STD. So it's just the narrative we all know. We can't shy away from the fact that sometimes men get too wrapped up in their daughters losing their virginity and having sex and make it about them. And somehow it's like, oh shit, fuck off, man! Like let's let, let's stop stop that. Now be can't calm down, love. Sit down, have a cup of tea, and let's deal with this properly, like grown ups. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Um, let's get the comments. So, um, okay, so Nee says, I think the comment um, in response to the post was a was a clumsy way to highlight how women can and often are left to carry the baby. But ultimately, I think it comes down to what Auntie Farah said. If you behave like a slut bag with women in the past, you'll be worried that someone does it to your daughter. Finally, if you're 
you're doing your job as a dad, you should be confident that she'll make good decisions. And then Nicola says it's interest it's an interesting internal phase. Um, clean up this clean up the mess. Bear in mind your child is the result of your dad's interaction with the mother. What uh, was that a mess? Um, I understand the pain, fear, and distress, but we really need to watch our language. Parenthood is not easy. Yeah, for real. Ain't that the truth? And it's that that's on that. Okay. So now it's time for the culture. What are you watching? What are you wearing? And what's got us chatting? There's a bunch of things going on in the culture and it's um, it's a lot and long. So we can pick through some things and see what we get through. So I'll run over the headlines. So I caught on Twitter, um, some guys said that uh, a lot of patois that has been adopted into London slang is being labelled as British slang and I have several issues with that. And that sparked a conversation about the appropriation of slanguistics in British culture, and how I saw one someone's response that there was a white person that was arguing that the word wagwan is not is, is <laughs> imagine. So there's that. We also have Aaliyah's <laughs> uncle who's releasing her catalogue of music to streamers. This is the same uncle who introduced her to R. Kelly. And then we have a Shakari Richardson who came last at the um, Diamond. Was it Diamond? Race? Diamond League. Diamond yeah. League. Um, and people, and you know, coming last off of bragging that she's going to be back and she's going to slay and all that type of stuff. And people have been coming for her. But was she wrong to brag about, to brag at the time of her win? Was she wrong? And also, Beyonce and Jay Z are now the new faces of T- uh, Tiffany, um, the Tiffany campaign, uh, the, the jewelry, co- jewelry company, if you don't know who they are. And um, people were cussing about uh, the use of a long unseen Basquiat painting in the advert. And I'm um, just wondering about their position in society and the things that they do, and the decisions that they make. So which would you like to deal with first, people? Let's do Aaliyah. Okay. About that. Okay, let's go to Aaliyah then. That's just me. That's just me saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like a start off. Go. We've got a lot to do. So, so my thing about it is the timing. It's the timing of it all. This is a man who introduced his niece to R. Kelly, right? This is a man to till this day claims that nothing never happened like it's not what you thought that's not what happened you know let's stop talking about my niece and r kelly in the same sentence we didn't see anything that's not what happened this is you know r kelly is currently in court right his court case has started he's not making any money from any music because no one's playing his shit he's been dropped by labels and you know He's got bills to pay. I just think the timing is interesting. It's very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Elia's uncle um, features on, he's a musician. He, I think, it's, does he play the trumpet or something, something? I can't remember what he plays. But he's a musician on these albums. So, again, the timing is bothering me. It's great because I love Elia and I want to hear her music and I want to be able to play it on Spotify and shit like that. But the timing, it upsets me. I, it, yeah, I question it. Anybody else? And his um, Elias uncle's called Barry Hankerson, by the way, and he's a producer. Yeah, I just he's he's just like I don't know what is lower than scum. Like he's just just such an awful, awful, awful human being, and just just is not kind of like you know he's not. Well, I guess it would a remorse would be an admission of guilt, wouldn't it? Kind of thing. So mm. I, I just oh, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just horrible, isn't it? It's just absolutely horrible. I think that the the 
the goodness in the situation is that the fans are able to access the music again and everything like that. And I, I me for one, I was a fan growing up. Do you know what I mean? Like my sister was, oh, she was so loved her so much that obviously we loved her too, kind of thing. And like I've, I've, I just so many memories came flooding back listening to that, listening to that album. It was like quite, um, yeah, just very nostalgic and very like just put me really in a good mood and stuff. Um, so yeah, so I appreciate that in terms of like the art and stuff and everything like that. But the the fact that he's hoarded this and he's sat on it for so long as well, kind of thing, and it it's just scummy behavior. Like you can't choose your family. Do you know what I mean? Like you really can't. And like people don't talk about it that often, but there's sometimes there's just some some really horrible people that you're related to. So I just feel sorry for for the uh, you know the and these relatives that they relate to this man. It's 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 awful. Before I come to you, Auntie Nana, the um, Aaliyah's estate have um, issued a statement saying, calling his, um, his, his what he's done an unscrupulous, unscrupulous endeavour. Um, and for 20 years, we have battled behind the scenes and during shadowy tactics of deception with unauthorised products targeted to tarnish. Now in this 20th year, this unscrupulous endeavour to release Aaliyah's music without transparency or full accounting to the estate compels our hearts to express a word forgiveness. Oh. Forgiveness. Con- uh, um, Aaliyah to state that it intends to continue to defend ourselves and her legacy lawfully and justly. Um, aren't you, Nana? Um, I didn't see the R. Kelly correlation, but I did think it was more in the whole 20 year anniversary stuff and also a book coming out as well. And knowing that when this book comes out and more people are going to be speaking about Aaliyah, this is a time that I can like kind of get in there and cash in on this like he is I I don't know I feel like he's the worst of them but her her mother as well I find questionable like I I I find her family questionable and then the the story coming out around her actually not wanting to get on the plane and then she was given a sleeping pill and carried on that to me is really reminiscent of um Britney vibes like you're wheeling this girl out just to make money for everybody else against her wishes. It doesn't matter what she wants to do with her own body, where she wants to be. If she's feeling I'm in danger, this plane is not big enough to hold all of us. It's like, who cares what the artist is thinking? Drug her, get her on the plane. Lo and behold, look at that. That cash cow died in the end. But it's like, yeah, they're all they're all shoddy. No, nobody has a righteous bone in that. So even that statement that came out from her estate, yeah it's easy to blame the uncle now it's like he can be the full guy but everybody was around at the time and I think her parents that you would even allow your child to spend so much time with R. Kelly when it seems like everybody else knew he was dodgy doesn't I don't think they're they're exempt from the contempt that is leveled at all the parties involved R. Kelly included um I, I don't trust any of them it's just a shame but again, yeah, I guess it's good for the fans and the new ones that are going to hear our music. Um, that that came definitely up there as well. 100%. Yeah, they too are still denying that anything went down. You know, the mum, the mum was like, "I was with her all the time." Well, if he was with her all the time, he would have seen that he would he done some shit to her if he was with her all the time. Um, just, apparently, I, I think I can't remember where I read it when I saw the story the other day. I, I can't find the article, but Timberland's working on the, uh, some some either a new album that either Barry's putting out or 
that he's featuring on some. I don't know if they're putting together. I think they're putting together uh, a new compilation album with Unheard. That's it, with Unheard earlier tracks. And I have a problem with Unheard tracks from the artists because you don't know if they would have wanted them out. I know it benefits. I know the fans get to hear stuff, but it's also like, you know, you just you just don't know what whether they would have wanted those things out and I, leave it alone. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm if I'm being hypocritical. If maybe a particular artist released certain things, and if their family were di- were good family in quotes, and they really needed it, I don't know if I'd be like, okay, I understand why you're doing it. They needed the money or something, but I just. I don't know. I don't think it's right. And I'm just, I'm a little bit like, Timberland, you're going to work on this project, really? So, does that tie in with um, this Basquiat thing, though? Because it's like, saying Basquiat's for the painting that, you know, that he just left, he didn't want anyone, he didn't want anyone to see it, then someone can come and take it and buy it. Like, is is it a similar thing? I don't know. I'm surprised you said it, but yes, this that is what, that was a great segue. <laughs> because it is that. Because basically, the story is, you know, well, as I said, that um, Basque, uh, Jay Z and Beyonce are the new faces of uh, Tiffany, and again, as as it said, this um, long unseen. So it wasn't that they had people hadn't seen it, but it's long unseen painting shows up in the advert, and I was a bit like, that's a bit because yeah, he's a young, he was a struggling back artist who died. Um, from an overdose when he was 27 back in the 80s and you know his work has been very his his, his, mom, his mom his dad and his mum were very protective of his legacy after he died and really kept a strong eye on it and only released certain pieces to certain people but they really kept a strangle like not a strangle I shouldn't say that they really looked after his um his estate and were quite careful about it but now both uh parents are dead now and now his sisters and their stepmom are in control of the estate. So I don't know the under- I don't know what happens there, whether, the, you know, the sister, obviously there must have been a conversation and a negotiation between the LM- LVMH, I think, bought the painting. Yeah. So that it can be um, shown and, you know, displayed in this. Advert. And I think, it's, have they got stake in Tiffany? I don't even understand all of it. But all, the same thing, LVMH has got 50% stake in Jay-Z's Ace of Spades Champagne. Yeah. On the flip side of that, the money that, um, as part of the partnership, Tiffany's donating two million for scholarship and inter- inter- internship programs for, histori- for historically black colleges and universities. So that there's always to counteract the backlash. There's always going to be the charity bit that you know placates everybody. So I don't know, man. It's similar. It is similar. And 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 then when you've got two infamous black people at the heart of it, it's like what I don't know. I felt some type of way that the Basquiat paintings in a Tiffany advert. Um, however, lots of Basquiat stuff has turned up on fashion because, and obviously those deals have been brokered because the state are in control of his estate. So it's not like, and his family. So then his two sisters get the money and his stepmom. So I don't know. I don't know. I felt the type of way when I saw it, I must say. Jay-Z collects them as well. That's one of his... Yeah, he's got Basquiat as well. Yeah, Exactly. So, like, uh, I wasn't surprised at all that it was there because of just just knowing, <laughs> knowing my mate Jay-Z, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just think, like, it's a bit morbid, but I think, like, when you when you die, th- those, those rights go, do you know what I mean? Like, I think they do just go. Um, I think it's um, it's just really... I think things have to change. Do you know what I mean? Change is inevitable. And you kind of, unless you put those, 
I guess those rules or through your will, whatever kind of thing in place, you have to just trust that the people that you kind of give them control or inherent control after you um, either are in line with you or they have to move with the times. Now, I don't know what the, you know, the the current family that's in control, um, sorry, I'm saying it wrong, but you know what I mean, um, what their position is. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they want to raise his profile again, make, make him more relevant. Maybe they need funds. Like, you, you have no idea um, what the actual situation is. And their sensibilities might just be different to what their parents were. They might have different belief systems, different values, different ways of looking at art and stuff. Um, and I think people can get a bit like a bit snooty and a bit like snobby about the whole in the whole art world anyway kind of thing. Like, why can't it be in an advert? Like, why the hell not with two of the most infamous black people in the world? Like, isn't that a powerful thing within itself? Um, so it just depends how you look at it, really. But I'm not I'm not I'm not con- I'm not mad at it. I just think it's like a natural progression of things like. You know, if I build a great legacy, I would like <laughs> for that to be passed on and to continue. But at the same time, that is nepotism as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so there's that. And like, but I can't control that, right? If I'm not here, I can't control that. Even if I am here, I can't control that. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's, um, you kind of just have to let things go, I think. And just if you entrust it to someone, they have to do what they think is right. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I think that art in its many forms does live on. That's part of it, isn't it? It lives on. And there are artists out there today who've put things out that don't necessarily 100% like what they've put out. So there's always going to be that, did they really want it to come out? And there are artists like Prince, for example, that that, that did recorded so much that he would have had to release something every fucking day for it to come out. And not only just him, there's there's a lot of artists who are out there now and with, you know, having um, the ability to have recording studios within their own homes, when they die, there's going to be shit for days. That's just how it is now. Um, I think, and that can actually be a beautiful thing that they live on in that, in that kind of a way. Like I've seen some things from Biggie that I would never, if I had to rely on him being alive to put that shit out, I would never, I would never have known it. I would never have heard it. I would never have seen it. So I'm quite grateful for that, but that's because I am a fan. But like Auntie Sade said, I think when you're an artist, there is an element of you give that over to the world and it and it does live on forever. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not mad at it because I do think that there are generations of people who will now discover his art and will go and research him and will find out about what it is that they what he did. And, that, and they may not have known this before. And it is because someone like Beyonce and Jay-Z stood in front of this picture. Art isn't, for, you know, art as you said, can be quite snooty. So not everyone knows about it. So now they're going to be like, oh, what, this guy was a black guy. Okay, they might go and look at it now. So I'm not mad at it. What I'm mad at is the Tiffany diamonds that's been worn by a black person for the first fucking time. That's what I'm mad at. Considering where the fuck did that shit come from? That's what I'm mad at. That's my point. If if you wanted to say something, Auntie Nana, but that's my point. It was less about them. It was more about the company. And it just becomes that kind of, is Tiffany, and we know the story behind actually even diamonds themselves are not really worth their sh- they, they, that worth has been created and cultivated and rebranded and on the backs and blo- of blood, sweat and tears and murder and death of our people and the like and the such so it's the history behind the company that kind of makes it like but I mean we're all susceptible to everything, we're all part of the system and there's, you know, we don't do this and we do, then we have to do that so we're not all innocent but that Framing was a bit like, mm. but it, everything also what you guys said, um, 
I don't know, Auntie Nana, you say something. Yeah, so my main point is I think most people, it doesn't matter what Jay-Z and Beyonce do, uh, they seem to be like reintroduced to the fact that they're capitalists. And I just don't understand why anybody is surprised. Like when they do campaigns, it's always a bit like, how can they do this? Like, and it's like, do how? Why would you expect them not to? Like with the the historics of Tiffany's, you would think if somebody wasn't a capitalist, they would be like, I'm not aligning myself with this brand. But these guys are capitalists, so it's going to be fine. It's going to be within themselves that okay, we're going to do this, but we're also going to make it dope. We're also going to make it iconic, and they are going to partner with companies that have done some questionable shit and they do exploit black people it's like it comes part and parcel with the ethos of being a capitalist I don't don't know why people are always criticizing them it's like this is what they do like come on this is just appreciate the imagery that they're putting out or don't but the outrage that keeps on happening is kind of boring now it's like let's not be surprised that Jay-Z and Beyonce are working with Tiffany and co like really, and within the package of black excellence, I think um, Basquiat sits with that as well because quite a few of them do collect his his work. So I think it's actually like it's all in a framework, and more like Justin Bieber, Tiffany's have decided that I want to be a part of this of this culture wave because this is where it's going. They know that there are going to be way more black billionaires. They want to be, so you want to be in the sophistication. You're not, you don't want to be a part of the bust down kind of flipping Cardi B. You want to be on the side of, of Jay-Z and um, Pharrell. Like you want to be a part of a more sophisticated black look, but you know, black dollars and pounds are going up. And this is a, a an actual cultural currency as well and so for my brand to survive within this millennium this is the people that I need to align myself with and these are the people that are going to align themselves with us as well because they realize that the luxury market is cultural cachet it's like they all go hand in hand I don't know why black people are like in uproar about it at all um, also, by the way, so this is, you know, it's all part and parcel. Uh, the sisters and their stepmom are, um, gosh, I can't find my words. They are putting out an arts exhibition of over 200 never, be- never before and rarely seen paintings, drawings, multimedia presentations, if ephemera and artifacts, according to a statement. So, um, you know, the next in 2022. So it's all part and parcel. It's all part and parcel. There isn't going to be an exhibition that his estate has sanctioned. So I didn't think, I didn't, I looked for if it was any kind of like the estate, like a Leah's estate. We don't like this, but everyone's friends. So yeah. it is what it is. But the only thing is, if we want to talk about that, Basquiat didn't leave a will. So who knows how he would have felt. 27, I guess that's no age anyway. It's like, uh, I think most artists know that that's usually when their currency kicks in, when they die. So you're producing art, you're just doing your thing. And when you die, it kind of goes where it's going to go. At least it hasn't just gone and his family are not eating because that's the yeah, story of so many people's families. Exactly. So at least they have that. And the fact that his parents divorced, but they, when he passed, they amicably split his estate. And then when his mother died first and then the dad took over, and it seems, it seems 
it's been smooth sailing and the dad's died and now his wife, his new wife and the two children, the two sisters are running the estate. So it seems, I haven't seen any kind of controversy, that everything's been smooth sailing. And the fact that divorced parents can split the estate and do all of that stuff and seemingly come back together and all that type of stuff. I mean, business, maybe, maybe it's all part of it. Let's get the comments. Okay, so and Nicola says, wow, I did not know he was also married to Gladys Knight. Who's that in reference to? Barry Hankerson, Aaliyah's uncle. Uh, And Red Border says, the outrage feeds the machine. And Ronald uh, agrees and says, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, He's painting himself for (laughs) this. I think this year someone, the boss of Valentino, um, bought his one of his paintings for 93.1, no, sold it, sorry, my bad, sold it for 93.1 million, and that's 20 years after he bought it for 995K. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> he's been saying yeah, that. Of course that's money. Yeah, there's all, that's the money to start. <laughs> and um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Bono, Jay-Z, Jay, Johnny Depp, Tommy Hilfiger um, have Basquiat paintings. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like, but Jay Z doesn't do anything for no reason, and Beyonce no, as well. They not. would know what this is going to do, well, how this is going to affect prices. Exactly. It's like everything is for that, and it's just like this is capitalism. There will be sales that we're not privy to. Jay Z will yeah. sell some shit that we're not privy to, and oh, he'll, yeah. then we're going to know on Forbes he's gone up another billion. Yeah, and it'll be like, how did he do that? Selling artwork. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> right. if you watch, watch Billions, watch Succession, you know, there's manuals. Everything that we've got to hand on your subscription, don't watch reality. Well, <laughs> watch these series. Okay, okay, okay. Is that it? It feels like the show's short today. Um, there's something else in For the Culture. Oh, yes, there is for, for the Culture. What's, what else we got? What else we got? Okay. We got, oh, we had the Quake Challenge Hood Olympics. We had Shikari Richard. Just Shikari quickly, Richardson. Shikari Richardson. Was she... Because at the end of the day, she won. She blew everybody out of the water. And she's like, yes, man, going to come back. Yes, I'm going to blow everyone out of the water. I'm going to bat up every race that I come on to. She what didn't brand? win like that. It's like everyone's forgotten. It was a heat. She it won a heat. heat. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, that's what I'm saying. So my point is, she won and she got a lot of attention, basically. She felt big gas and everything. Was she wrong to be super gassed, especially after she got banned? And then now, because people really turned on her, it had a little bit of American Jamaican cultural wars or whatever, and all that type of stuff. People started getting into it and stuff like that. Was she wrong though? And should does she deserve the dragon? I don't think she was wrong to be believing in herself. Like, why are you going to do something if you don't fully believe in yourself? And she, what she said, she was very fast. She's like the sixth one. Should she come out and be like, oh, I don't know, thinking when? Why are you going to do that shit? She's <laughs> twenty-one years old as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, she's not wrong. And all these people that are dragging her now, it's almost like, let's see, you smoked and you got caught and you had your mouth and now, like, you're coming out and you're not even as good as you said. Like, she's 21 years old. People make mistakes. Let her have the confidence to do, to work on her craft. That's what she's doing. Why should she, I don't understand why people want people to come out when they're good at something and not embrace that shit. That shit gets on my nerves. Like, if you're good at something, what is wrong with embracing it and being like, you know what, I'm a boss bitch. What's wrong with that? You want me to come out and be like, no, actually, I don't know if I'm good at this job anymore. Like, no, don't say that to me. Fuck that shit, man. I'm a bad girl and what? That's what, that's, what's wrong with that? 
What is wrong with believing in yourself? Because you've got to back it up. Yes, but she's winning. <laughs> you just got to win. But it's one race. But let her have the confidence because if she has the confidence, the next time she'll she's made a mistake, she'll come forward and she's going to be like, I still believe in myself. I'm going to go again. You can lose sometimes, you know, but it's about how you fucking recover. I think, I think when like boxers do that whole big, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, and then they get knocked out, it's the same type of thing. Like you can really have confidence in yourself, but it's the bragging or being everywhere and being like, I'm the baddest. And, you know, like, the the Jamaican free are so hard to penetrate. I just think the the Americans just need to get themselves together and then, like, try and get there. Like, I think the humbling that she's experienced, she should take it on the chin because she is young. Work on your craft. Don't do so much interviews. Like, just chill. That's all it is. She just needs to come. She just needs to chill a bit because that Jamaican free, her times are not actually even close to them yet anyway. So it's like, chill out, chill out. But now she knows how the media are. They'll gas you as well. And then when you don't deliver, drop you like a, a sack. And now she knows this. It's a learning, learning experience for her. But hopefully she has learned, you know, that, that saying, bad man move in silence. Like, you don't have to talk to everyone. <laughs> it's um, true. It's I'm sorry. Um, I just think that people like to humble black women all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So any opportunity, <laughs> people like to humble them, um, you know. But I mean, like, yeah, I kind of think, oh, she's young. I like the fact that she's she believes in herself and she, do you know what I mean? It's it's very Muhammad Ali-esque, mentioning the boxers there, um, Auntie Nana. Like, is you know, I think it's, I think, I, I think, I, I don't actually think there's anything wrong with that. And I love the competition and everything like that. But I will say that she can say whatever she wants, but you see the Jamaicans, yeah? <laughs> You better be able to back yourself in it, <laughs> back yourself, because they will not only they will not only come for you and cuss you, they will beat you too. They'll beat you in the race. They'll yeah. beat you in the race and they say two words in the interview. Do you know? Yeah. What yeah. I swear, yeah. I swear. Uh, was it is it Elena or Elena? Yeah, Elaine. Elaine. Her response was like, "We're not going to talk about that." <laughs> that was yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weird. So it was just like on the smoke. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? So I, but I love, I love that though. I love that that. Um, you know, black women can be compete, competing at that high level and have that kind of banter. Do you know what I mean? Like, why the hell not? Like, that's how we are anyway. Do you know what I mean? We are quite competitive with each other and there's nothing wrong with that. Do you know what I mean? As long as it's all love, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, so, I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't, I think, I think that this girl, she's got a very bright future ahead. I don't think this is going to, you know, sometimes you need to lose in it to kind of refocus. So, it's mm-hmm. fine. Also, the girl's been through a lot. Like, let's not forget. Yeah. You know, her mum's passed. Yeah. You know, she's had like a media storm happen around her. Do you know what I mean? She wasn't. She wanted to compete. She wasn't allowed to compete. You know, it's not like she 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 um even took the time off. You know, not like Naomi. She chose not to do it, and Simone chose not to do it. She was forced not to do it. She wanted to go through, and she didn't. So, um, and she wasn't allowed. So. You know, I think, um, yeah, I think I, I, I like her confidence. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I agree with everything you've all said, um, all, all perspectives. She's, it's just a learning curve and she's young. And I like, and I think what you said, Auntie Shadi, about the black women having banter, because I think we black women bring different energy 
to everything and black people and the way we vibes and everything. So a little bit of banter in the media and all that type of stuff, changing the way that it's just like, <laughs> I won the race and then I won. And it's just like that boring narrative. We always bring energy to our commentary when our post-race post commentary, I'm saying we like I'm an athlete as well. Yes. <laughs> post-race commentary, we just got that vibes. Usain Bolt brought the vibes and all that type of stuff. And Mo Farah, even in his you know, humble way, it's, everyone brings a vibe. We bring a vibe to the sports that we're dominating in. So let it rain. And yeah, she, or everything that you guys said, humble yourself sometimes, but it's a learning curve. You're young. You have every right to big, big up yourself. You've got every right to be confident. How do you come out? It's like when people say everyone's got to win, you know, you did the three-legged spoon race and then every child wins. No, my no. child won. Yeah. There's always a win. My child won. That child never won just for picking up a spoon and an egg. You never freaking won. My child won. So it's them ones there. Not everybody should win. It doesn't work like that. And she should big herself up. Yes. But yes, understand the world can switch on you. Um, I thought that was nasty. You don't need to switch. You can get teased because black people will tease you as well. You go on like you're bad. We will humble you. That's part and parcel. She's black. She's from the hood. She knows what it is. So all of that. So it's just all a learning curve and big up Shikari and the Jamaican free. Everybody. I, yeah, I just didn't like the way the media were coming after her. When I yeah, they didn't need to do that. That's dirty. There's no yeah. difference. Yeah, they, they, they love that. They love that. Um, let's get the comments. Right, so we segue into uh, the Hood Olympics. What, what did no. you say? What did you the say? Hood Olympics. So what did you say before that? I said, shall we segu into the Hood Olympics? Segu or segue? Segu is the slang term for segue. All right, say thing. All right cool. <laughs> I like the way you look. Have you not heard segu before? No. No. Okay, cool. So what, seriously? Not... You've never heard anyone say segu? No. I like the way you're all dignified and nice to Auntie Nana when she says something that you But it's heard. a slang no, no, term. No, no. It's not like I said segue wrong. Right. That's it. <laughs> Right there, you see that? She's but not trying still, to say the reaction was really calm. I'm just noting it in my notebook. You're going to have the equivalency here. That's what it's the same thing. If I say segua, then that would be fair. But I'm just saying, no one was like, oh my God, what's that? You haven't heard it. The reaction. It was the reaction. It's all right. Go on. Yes, go on. Segu into the Olympics. The Good Olympics. Comments first. Go on, mm-hmm. then. Yes, yes. Please, so, second for the comments. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Candy says, love her confidence, but being cocky to the Jamaican team was not graceful. Nicola says, she's refreshed nine times. Please stop talking about aliens, so Musk can leave me alone. Great show, ladies. Um, thank you, Nicola. And uh, Candy says, full of black, black chat, but can't defend that. <laughs> um <laughs> Red Border says, uh, love allows she raised expectations of the fan and di- fans and didn't deliver. Fans are fickle. I remember in 2017 World Championships in the UK when Usain Bolt pulled up on the anchor leg of the 4 by 100 metres uh, race. Everybody in the audience was screaming for him. The moment he pulled up, everyone started cheering for the British, um, British men's relay team. Fans are fickle. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to say something as well that's a little bit Olympic um, related. So, um, Grenadian Olympic athlete, why is his name going out of my head? Fucking hell, can't remember. Uh, it'll come back to me. Okay, <laughs> let's go on to the Hood Olympics, which boy has had me in stitches, but also I'm sure actual humans in stitches. <laughs> yes. Hell. So, if you don't know, there's a craze where. There's these milk crates in America and um, people have been stacking them up in the hood and uh, pyramiding pyramiding them and going up them 
and going down them. However, they're not very stable. There's no security to the structure and people are risking their lives <laughs> for some dollars and or for nothing. The ones that are doing it for nothing, Jesus. Um, guys, yes. What, for what, the dollars, I understand. Like I yeah. was watching a little boosy one that he had set up yeah, in New Orleans. Yeah. And that was, I think it was $2,000 was in the crate if you did it. And I saw one man like do it and he just like sprinted up it, did it really fast. He got the money, but I watched another 10 people after him be like, little boosy, let me have my goal. Let me have my goal. And just dropping on the floor. Nobody's catching them. You're watching them wobble and there's bare people around filming and then they just smack head on the floor and everything. And it's just like, th this for $5,000 isn't enough. Like, I'm not going to break my neck for $5,000. Yeah. I've only seen two successful ones. Not like, I don't even know how much money they were getting, but I've seen two successful ones and I have seen a lot of people falling on their neck. Like, how someone's not seriously injured, I don't know. And I've seen ones where they're like doubling the height of the crates as yeah. well. It's like, are you okay? There was a girl who did it in heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one. And yeah. she was like, low, all low, she smashed it. There was a guy who was rolling a spliff when he did it. And White he was Mike. Like, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's his name. <laughs> white Mike. I don't, he doesn't look white, so I don't know if it's because he's in, the, in his in his. No, because he's, he's light, isn't it? He's very yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know sometimes yeah, yeah. do that. But yeah, um, those are the only two people that I've seen do it successfully. I've heard about a girl that was going around the neighbourhood and she was getting money and she was doing it successfully and people were like, oh, is she going to do it? And she was like, getting beer cash but I, I haven't personally seen that one all I know is I'm not doing that shit in it I'm not even standing on free crates like I'm good like unless it unless it, like there's padding around me and even then I've got to be maybe have a harness that when I fall it's gonna get me and I'm mattresses there could be mattresses either side no but, yeah. not, no but if there's mattresses I still got to fall for my height <laughs> I can still break my neck I don't want that. Give me a harness, let there be mattresses, and let me do it that way. I'm not, no, I'm not playing that. I'm good. Go on, Shadow. I'm just going to say that I, I think it's freaking hilarious, man. It's just giving me so much joy. Like, there's just something about people falling on their faces but from a great height for <laughs> no reason at all. It's just hilarious. It's just fucking hilarious, man. And I just love it that it's just such a ghetto game as well, kind of thing. And like, <laughs> Grown adults are getting involved. I think I even saw a pregnant lady that was a bit. Oh dangerous. lord! But yeah, <laughs> but she was fine. She was fine. The only pregnant lady I could trust to do that is Sierra. See, oh yeah, probably. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, uh, no, I really, I, I just, I, I really enjoy it. I think you can make fun, and um, it just should go to show, like black people, just we're just so creative. Do you know what I mean? Like we can create creative. moments out of. Bloody milk crates. Yeah. And also the, all the, um, the, the, oh God, the hills. Like, did you see how they made her like the meme? Like, into the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only girl I trust to step into next year is this yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw uncles, and I swear, I swear, and I don't want to judge, but someone that possibly looked like they were on drugs, one of them type of people doing it, and just like you're getting everyone from the hood that anyone coming yeah. out the hood, like, yeah, yeah, I can do it. Um, the only one that I want to get that little shit and punch them up is the one that kicked the man down. I would, if you've not seen it with a boy run, oh, let me see if I can find it whilst we're talking, I'll try and find it. But someone's done it, so the guy's on top in the middle, on the middle crate, and someone from the crowd kicks him down. 
No. Uh, that guy, because if anything happened, if I saw anything happened to me, you're guessing mash up on site. Oh, let me find it. It's very, it's very, very wicked. It, 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 that that could be my pet peeve, even though it's not a pet peeve. That's made me angry, and I think it's just. But do you think it will take off over here? Do you think no, we are going to? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know where we would get milk crates. Right. Our, yeah. our crates don't look like that. <laughs> no, 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 the orange, the long orange ones. We got where you got the. Yeah, no. Nah, those green ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Nah. It would be like, um, you know, beer bottles. They still come yeah, in crates. Yeah, those ones. But I don't know where you you can't just like pick them up. But I still think somebody over here is going to do it. We always copy America. But honestly, I don't think it will be black people that will do it. To be honest, over here. That, that's true. I don't think. I, I agree with you on that one. I agree yeah. with you. Already, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know the skater crew, like. Yeah. <laughs> those folks <laughs> exactly. I want to find the one but okay well yeah and, and the last one is just a quick one about Pastor does it matter does it matter to you if um, the way we speak is appropriate to white people and does it matter that a white person believes that Wagwan comes from the UK so I say that again because it was okay I said does it bother you that people are forgetting or not realising that things like wagwan and some other slang words are not actually from the British language and their roots are in Jamaican slash Caribbean slash everybody else's culture. Some of our root slang words are not from the UK. Does it bother you? What bothers me is Jamaican slash Caribbean. That bothers me. Just <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know why I said that? Because the person who said it, the conversation kind of when that's the not you thing it's when people say that that bothers me no uh, my point is because i wanted to say the reason why i paused sectioned out is because people were like a lot of the conversation were like a lot of jamaican it seemed like with the flags and everything was saying that yeah it's jamaican slang and there were others like well there's other caribbean islands too and some of our lands. so that's why i was like jamaicans are only taking ownership of the dominance of british slang being from jamaica jamaican words not other Caribbean islands, because there's also pidgin. People, you know, when Africans narrow dialects started coming into the linguistics as well, um, people uh, were starting to understand that pidgin is quite similar to pe- uh, patois. So when they, especially when Af- I remember having a, lots of arguments with a friend who at first didn't like Afrobeats and thought that why are they speaking like that because like they're copying Caribbean um, lang- dialects. And I was like, no, because you don't know that actually pidgin has similar um, vernacular breakdowns, and so. That's why I did that. But yeah, I understand what you're saying, Auntie Farah. So does it bother you guys? Do you think it's important? No. Okay. Oh, no, it bothers me. I think, you, I think you need to know the origin of things. Just like in a dictionary, it will tell you the origin of the words. Do you know what I mean? It will tell you if it's Greek, Latin, whatever. Do you know what I mean? And it will break it down. So yeah, I think it does matter. Like, Otherwise, why would they do that in the first place? I just think it's just another way of erasing our contribution, um, you know, to... To, do you know, and also like uh, the origins of the the literally the creativity as well kind of thing. It just it just erases us, isn't it? It's just like oh, this thing is this thing just happened here without us. Get the fuck out of here, man. We brought this here. We make this cool. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And you're doing it because we do it. So I think it's uh, I think it's uh, I think yeah I think it's really important. And I've always been interested in that. I like the I like that you know the origin of words and where they come from what, what what how you get there and stuff you know I, I, I think that's very interesting I think like yeah you're gonna see more like if, if a British person was to say oh yeah 
like Wahali or something was British. Ah, that's mad. <laughs> I would not be happy with that either. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just, it's just like just taking, taking, and claiming everything. You're trying to conquer again. Get out of it, man. It's not yours. Yeah, I don't have a problem with people speaking in in like different dialects. I thought that's where we were going at first, but no, I don't, I don't have a problem with everyone like embracing the the language because like we're multicultural in it so there's bits of language that are going to feed in into general conversation I don't have an issue with that but yeah like Auntie Shade said people do need to know where things come from you know so that that should if you're going to put shit in a dictionary the urban dictionary or whatever the fuck it is that you're going to put it in (laughs) you should put it where it should say where it comes from and it doesn't always come from Jamaica just saying yeah um auntie nana did you, why did you why did you say no i i no it was more from the same stances um how auntie Shah, um auntie farah explained it i don't care that people use different words oh yeah yeah um but i also i i i expect very little from the british to <laughs> state where they get things from so it's like of all the things to get pissed off that they still Words are probably very far down on anything that I would be in outrage about, really. Um, but did you, I think most people, when they're using words, kind of know. I don't know. Well, I wish I could find the whole thing. Yeah, someone said on the Twitter, like, I never forget when someone told me Wagwan is British. And it's just like... But it doesn't even sound it. It's like, that, it's just that like... would just be stupid. I'll just be like, but that's, you're stupid <laughs> for even thinking that. That's a stupid thing to say. Yeah, uh, you know, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna battle them because then I'm stupid too. If I'm gonna argue with a dumb person, I'm also dumb. So I wouldn't argue with them. It's like, okay, all right, where 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 did it come from? And they'll probably come with like Cornwall or something. Yeah, why <laughs> why on the bar? In why Somerset, why on the bar? Yeah. In Somerset. <laughs> it, it, I just I think as you said, it's just like just know know the history. Don't try and take it. And I but I do think that in you know when you're in the community. And someone's claiming so because that's that's our language, how we speak, that's how we communicate. And you have an ally if someone speaks like you. The fact that you can go into the workspace and speak in the same wagon is frowned upon. You can't necessarily do that. So it's a collective kind of community spirit and ownership. Like, yeah, you gotta know where these words come from. If I say um obruni, if I say um whatever, or c- certain words like well, how like all that type of stuff, you need to know where it comes from. You can't just shove that into British and say you lot had it fuck off. I, I can't lie. Sometimes when I'm at work and certain people say certain words, I'm like, no. Exactly. When I listen to them, I'm like, no, that's not for you. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I am like, as also it is about, because where I live, there's middle class lot. And you hear, you see the little young teen saying, oh, fucking walk on to that. Hey, blood. And it's like, this is all confusing. But, you know. All right. But you see, like in, um, well, you wouldn't have seen it. But in <laughs> in Love Island, Aaron, dark skin Aaron, he says that he brought in the term moving mad, which to where to, to the Love Island house. Like they kept Aaron. on saying it. everybody was constantly being like, oh my God. So, you know, this person's moving mad and uh, I guess I should be moving mad. And then, uh, so those types of things, does that annoy you when you, we have our, our slang terms, like let's say moving mad, and then it gets co opted and everybody starts using it like this is, a normal speech pattern that they yeah, have come annoying. up with. It bothers that's me. Annoying. I think what happens in those cases is we move on from them words and find mm-hmm. something else. And then it's, it's like, nah, that's dead. Why are you mm-hmm. saying that? 
It's like the great yes. challenge. We'll find something else. The great challenge will be done by, as you said, yes. the, the, those people. We say not cool anymore. Yeah, it just it just isn't cool anymore. So you just don't you st- you you retire it. But I do think like yeah, it's easy to say that. But I feel like Hugo, because he works in a school, it's likely he would know that anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like just the way he was speaking from Love Island, I think just the way he was, was he speaking, in an in a city school there. He, he sounded like it, to be honest. That like he had too many too many references and just like, well, okay. yeah, yeah, it's comfortable. Yeah, that's irritating when it gets you. Then you just like the wrong person. You just hear one wrong person saying it's like, now I'm not saying that again. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Like when they would continuously say bling, <sighs> I hated that. They killed bling. Like, Bling. Of- everything was like bling bling her and her bling bling and it was just like you yeah. guys killed it you actually killed it you know nobody they- wants to say it anymore when it's in a, in a when it's in a british sitcom or on like good morning then you know it's dead come on <laughs> um let's get the comments okay so going back to our previous one about the crates um, Candy says, are these people who survived COVID and now think they're invincible? It'll probably take off, <laughs> it'll probably take off um, over here because if Americans are doing it um, and they will, they have huge medical bills, then the, uh, sorry, the NHS will be, and it will be free with the NHS. Um, uh, Ronald says, Adele will host the UK hood. <laughs> That's actually really real. That could actually absolutely happen. And <laughs> um, uh, Nicola says UK uh, always steals other languages as their own, such as avant-garde, cliche. How do you say this one? Carte, Carte blanche. Carte blanche. Um, always teeth. Um, and Ronald replying says, um, not just the UK, the English language is rife with foreign words and terms. And Ronald also says, do you ladies use the term akata? So akata is a derogatory, it means animal in Yoruba, but it's a derogatory term that apparently, I guess, Nigerians, West Africans used to describe um, African-Americans. So um, so no, we don't, because it's not something we say in the UK towards African-Americans. We don't have that set up. But... um, so that's a, that's a yeah, it was like because I always thought Akata was like foreign black. So that that's how I had break, but I I just read it somewhere, and that from how they was describing the person, I don't think they were African American. It was like they're black, so you're acknowledging they're black, but they're not like us. They're foreign. So I but so I could see how all of these things isn't it? it's like like um, the South African word for. For black person is also like uh, a derogative word. Well, it's the same as flipping um, Australian Aborigine. That's also like a it's like an aberration of a human. It's the, so there's lots of terms that I guess will get filtered through, and then people will just use it like it's they don't even know where it comes from. Yeah, but that's um, only because I've read a few books and that came up. It's come up and mm. characters were like, oh, the, the African character said a Carter, and the African American was like. You know, it was a derogatory term, but then it was flung back both ways. So whatever. Would that be like Jamo? Yeah, it's like Jamo. It's like whatever. Uh, what do we got? They say they call they call British ones Britishers. Um, yeah. What else? There's another term. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but like even if you're from UK and you're Nigerian, you get called names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, we, like yeah. you know, it's like us being called Scoops and stuff like that from all that type of shit. So yeah. I've never heard that term before. 
what scubs yeah yeah that was i definitely if it was a south london word no i had it I had it in west as well but yeah that was a word i, had that word, I must admit okay well no, yeah so it might be a south word it might be a south word thing yeah scubs was a way oh, caribbeans how caribbeans called africans scubs oh really no that's not like it, it wasn't i'm not even going to say what it was but it wasn't it wasn't that what do you mean that's not the word that i heard like for the, oh okay okay, 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 okay okay that's not the word that i heard growing up it was something else yeah yeah oh, okay, okay. I like I, I when you said even um uh we get called names yeah when you go back home you get called you know yeah. that's what i thought you were referring to that when you said that definitely mm. when you go back home because you're not quite you're not one of them. Yeah, you're not one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. ours is, um, what's ours, um, Nana? Oh, shit. Um, fuck. Oh, oh. There's a, yeah, I forgot the word. Yeah, there is one. I know what you're talking about. There is. Yeah, is it? Remember, they used to call, what is this, a four to one? Because, like, certain people used to, it's not derogatory, it's more like, but they used to say four to one because it used to be like $4 to the pound. So it used to be like four to one. So, oh, so, like, yeah, that's so like, funny. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could. Let me. I've got the video up. Let me share. Oh God, I hate this. This actually gives me anxiety trying to share this damn screen. Um, here we go. This kid needs a punch in his face. Oh no, sorry, I missed it. Sorry. Look. Did you see it? And that's actually a child. Yeah, it looks like a young person. Yeah, beats. Before we move on, I'm just going to say one thing. I saw it on Snoop's. Um, Instagram and he said Wiggers, not Wiggers, sorry n- n- I don't want to say the word N-word. N- black people yeah. <laughs> stack crates together but can't stack bread with each other. Why do we love to see each other fall? Ooh, I don't think right. found it and that's what he said. Uncle Snoop has been sharing like these, I- I've been seeing all this crate challenge on Uncle Snoop's socials. Yeah, so yeah. He shared that but then he's been sharing the other... He's finding the funny side of it, but, yeah, you know, yeah. at the same time, he's like... I mean, well, yeah. I mean... Always I think that's just a lie as well. We do make great... We support. Yeah, we yeah. Do. We do. We do. Um, I just... Some... Oh. Yes, we do. Um, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you because what you were saying was righteous. Um, just someone shared a picture of the bruises. Oh, the bruises of their back. If it was actually that and it wasn't someone taking a picture from somewhere else... The bruises was real, and that's it. So, anyway, UK, don't try it. <laughs> Not everything is for you. Um, sad, mad, and glad, guys. What's made you sad, mad, and glad this week, Auntie Nana? Could have, yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't had anything that. Oh. No. So again, there's been like another young young person death. Um, one of my friends, but it hasn't come out, so I won't name. So when it actually does get released, and I'll do, I'll I'll give him a really good obituary because he was a lovely guy. So that has actually made me sad, um, mad. I've been alright. I haven't been mad this week. Nothing has kind of set me off that I can think of. Super glad I got to have a meal with my sister and my best friend Jessica is over from Jamaica until Saturday so we got to go out and have a uh, have a meal uh, we went to Mildred's and for some reason have you guys been to Mildred's before all right so vegetarian vegan spot it used to be really nice but 
you know, as it goes, as more people go along and the chef change and everything, it wasn't as great as it could have been. But we still had a really nice time there. So I wouldn't recommend Mildred's to anybody to go and frequent. But yeah, if you can get out into Kings Cross, though, there are so many beautiful restaurants around there. I love what they're doing with Kings Cross. That actually made me very glad as well. Gentrification of King's Cross is real. <laughs> yes, it's made me very glad because I was brought up in, well, I was born in King's Cross. Okay. Um, family was around there when King's Cross was full of NF and, you know, and prostitutes. Yeah. So it's yeah, so slightly maybe... better now. <laughs> Auntie Shade. Okay, so I am, um, I've been glad for the, <laughs> for the quick challenge, you can't lie. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, and I love, like, I love that when I have little moments in between working and I just flick and I just see something funny, it just brightens my mood. Um, and I'm also glad because No Way Home, new Spider-Man movie, the trailer's out today or yesterday, and it's amazing. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. I cannot well, Seriously. So, yeah, I'm happy about that. Um... My sad was actually something I saw online, but I don't. I didn't uh, research it properly. But I just saw there was maybe it's on Ball Alert or something like that. It was just about this family who had an adoptive black daughter, and they weren't feeding her or something. And someone confronted uh, a passerby, confronted them, and everything like that. And they called the police and went to the house. The police went to their house, but they didn't. There was no action taken and stuff, and that just made me really sad that things like that are that are happening. Um, and I'm mad that I'm currently working like it's pre-COVID. Um, it's, it's back to normal. Do you know what I mean? And it means the honeymoon is over, or like obviously taking the light side of everything. But yeah, it's just yeah, I'm back in full mode now. Like, it feels pretty normal. Do you know what I mean? And I'm a bit mad at it because I wasn't prepared. I thought I'd be prepared and I wasn't prepared. And it's a bit of a culture shock. So, yeah, a little bit mad at it. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm sad. I'm not sure what I'm sad. Oh, yes. I said I was tired. I've been a bit tired this week, but it's nothing. But what I'm actually sad about, just a little bit, because I get it, I'm evolving, um, that I'm getting into online shopping and I'm I, I'm contributing to the death of the high street. And I don't like it because I just don't want the high street to die. And I've just been caught up in an online shop frenzy, obviously because we're going away, but it has, I get it. And I always knew it, obviously the convenience, but I've been such a strong advocate for high street shopping and I just don't want to be part of it, but I am. And I have been, and I'm, I'm a bit, little bit sad. I've lost a bit of my soul to online shopping. And I've actually also, the bit that I was always scared about that I'd, fail on my returns and have loads of things just sitting in my house I haven't I've been actually really good and taking my stuff to the post office all the stuff but I'm just a little bit sad that I'm falling foul of online shopping not mad at anything I don't think can't remember what I was mad about and I'm actually super glad that it's been very hard but we finally pulled off Soul Fest uh, 2021 that's our third year of the Soul Film Festival that I co-founded with We Are Parable the New Black Film Collective and Soul Film um we, start, we opened on Wednesday and we showed films like Tainted Canvas. We had a special preview of Candyman, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, that's a brilliant film. And um, we closed with Summer of Soul. It's available on Disney+, Plus, but seeing it on the screen is amazing. It's one of those documentaries that you must see. It's about... Um, I'm watching that today. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's about a festival that took place in Harlem in 1969. During the same time as Woodstock that we've heard about. Yeah. yeah this festival that was took place over, I think, six weeks in Harlem. No violence. I mean, maybe skirmish, but not what you'd expect, what they would project and expect on the, in a place like Harlem at that time. Um, and on the back of Harlem, you know, the black community in America are, uh, experiencing so much kind of post-riot, post-racial, post-assassination time and all that type of stuff. So their bounce back was real. You had um, Stevie Wonder, you had Gladys Knight, you had um, Nina Simone, you had Stevie Wonder. It was just, it's a phenomenal documentary directed, it's Questlove's directorial debut. And the bitch bastard of the story is that this um, film that was put together on the back of it was only shown at some random time in the early hours and never shown again and no one ever heard of it again. So the fact that, um, sorry, but... Um, the fact that it's been restored and brought to life is amazing, but also angering because, as usual, the fact that we know more about Woodstock than this phenomenal feat is, again, testament to the shittiness of our history. But anyway, uh, that kind of turned into a bit of a mad, but I'm glad that we showed it at the film festival. Glad that we managed to pull it off <laughs> post-pandemic madness. It was difficult, um, but yeah, we did it, and it was a really good, uh, kind of slightly successful festival. So yeah, that's it. Auntie Farah. Um, so... What is it again? Mad, sad, glad. What's the order? Sad, mad and glad. We'd like to end on a high note. All right, so I am sad today because today would have been my Auntie Claudette's 67th birthday. Um, My Auntie Claudette was the most amazing woman ever. She's been gone for 14 years now, but she will never, ever be forgotten because she was just the best. Like, And this was her season because not only is it her birthday, but it was coming up to carnival and she was like the carnival person. So... Happy birthday, Auntie Claudia, up in heaven. I know you're having a good time. Um, That's a little bit sad, but at the same time, celebration of life. So a little bit glad. Um, I am mad because Taylor Swifty, the person who I probably hate more than Rita, she is on TikTok now. And she decided that she's going to do TikToks to Dave's tune because Dave's got a tune and he says her name in a tune. So she's rapping to Dave, and I'm happy for Dave because he's getting the exposure, but I hate it because in the same sense that certain people hated the Justin Bieber thing, and I know it's not the same, but it feels the same, and I'm really angry about it because I can't stand her with, like, my entire every being. I can't... I take it back a little bit in case she comes into work, but anyway. It's the same. That's my thing about that. Um, Also, I am glad because today my daughter started her business. Uh, She does nail painting and she loves it um so she like does little patterns and all types of shit and stuff like that so she's really really good at it she loves it like when I see how how she does her nails her hands and her feet I'm like I can't even do that ish so she basically in um play scheme today she started a business and she paints people's nails and she's got her little kit and yeah so made me glad I had to have a proper business talk with her, though, because she was trying to give all her money away by having employees. I was like, you can't afford that right now. No, you can't. Buying all the kit, and then you're giving these people the same amount. No, that's not how it works. No. I'm very oh. glad, very proud and very glad. That's very wonderful. I love that. All right. Um, uh, any comments? Not relevant to this, I don't think. Oh, no, sorry. Candy says, Mad Kyla, well, Kaz didn't win. Um, uh, but we knew it was going to happen. Yes, we did, Candice. Um, and glad Love Island is over. 
Okay, you guys got four yeah. minutes, literally four minutes to talk about Love Island. You're right. Oh, we part. don't need four minutes. Okay, cool. Go on then. Go on then. I don't have much to say on it. Like, we knew how it was going to go. The black couple came forth. Mm-hmm. We knew that was going to take place. Um, and not much else really happened in the final. They still didn't say that they're boyfriend and girlfriend. No. Hopefully they will survive. What What are your bets? I don't think they are going to. I, I give um three months. Yeah, it's that. I think for whatever the agreement is with the, the, the agencies that they work with, that they have to do couple things together. As long as soon as long <laughs> until that's over, I think they'll be together. But like, I think, I, I don't know. They don't really look too into it. Do you know what I mean? It just yeah. seems a bit falsy. Unfortunately, and I want them to be, but I can't. You know, can't pretend. Can't pretend. Um, comparatively to the other, because I saw a few people on Twitter saying this was dry and Love Island needs to change up its format because it's getting a bit formulaic. What yeah. do you guys think? It's predictable, yeah, because you know yeah. all the challenges. You know what weeks they're coming in. So much so that the um, US one is 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 exactly the same. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. exactly the same in terms of what they're doing. So yeah, I think they do need to switch up. Uh, I think that Maya Jamma should host it. I yeah. think that would be great. Um, yeah, I think that would be really cool. She, she would be perfect for it. Yeah, perfect. I don't think she would do that now. I think I, I think she's above Love Island. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, do, I, do, I, feel, I feel like she's onto something bigger. She's going to America, isn't it? Yeah. Is not her boyfriend American? Yes, yeah, he is. So I feel no. like if she's going to host one, she might host the American one. But it I wouldn't can't. work because you need the... Not, not, not that it wouldn't work. But it would be great if she had the UK banner with the contestant. I could, I think she would just make it just pop so much. Like, I really feel strongly that she should do it. Um, <laughs> but they, do need, they do need to switch up the challenges. They need to switch. They need to switch a few things up. Actually, kind of thing. I think they need new, new, um, new things coming in, basically. But yeah, they, they need new producers. Say again. They need new producers. Well, they need like I, a different type of producer to inject. A different type of fuckeries in it to keep us all interested. I think yeah. we all know the producers' games, and it's probably because the producers are all the same. We need new blood. Okay, how many years? How many? Oh, how many years? Sorry, no. How many years do you give Love Island a series? I don't know why I'm going into this. I just want to know. But this is the second reboot of it. It's this is not the first incar- incarnation mm. of Love Island. What do you mean? Oh, season seven. We're on season yeah, seven. We're on, we're on season, season seven. Incarnation yeah. of Love Island before this. So, but like, I think, um, I think it will probably go to about 15 or so. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's like, it's, it's part of staple TV during the summer. Like, it's a, it's a summer show. It's, do you know what I mean? It, it gets the numbers. It builds, it also, it builds a machine, right? It builds a popularity machine, which works into celebrity, which works with brands. I don't think it's going anywhere, to be honest. It churns out new talent every year, basically, that we see a lot of. So I don't think it's going anywhere for a while. I kind of agree. Okay, cool. That's that then. So we've got, as long as the aunties are running, we're going to be having the Love Island sections. Thanks. Well, it's ended oh. now. No, <laughs> I mean, we're done for Love Island for this year. Until next year. Okay, guys, <laughs> what's your unpopular opinion, Auntie Chade? Until December. Um, sorry. December? Sorry, what's happening in December? Love Island. Do I have a winter winter Love Island? Oh yeah, I forgot about the winter one. Yeah, oh. New Year, yeah. So yeah, what's my unpopular opinion? Oh shit. <laughs>
what's my popular opinion? My popular opinion at the moment is work is overrated, mate. As much as and I am a workaholic. I am. I, I actually genuinely love working. It's my passion. It, I don't even know if it could be. I don't know why people don't see that. Like people, some people are just good at working. That's my thing. I love it. But at the moment, it is overrated. I'm doing a big project, um, which, yeah, uh, which, yeah, uh, kind of comes to a crescendo, whatever you call it, uh, the day before we fly out. So I'm under a lot of pressure. Do you know what I mean? Having worked like under this kind of pressure for a little while, some of it is self-inflicted, but I just want to do a good job. I really do. Uh, and I care about the people that I'm working uh, for because they're my clients. Um, and yeah, like, but it's, it's, it's yeah. It's, I, I don't, I don't yeah, like you it. You a break. When we get away, you can have a break. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Have a break. Yeah. Is that oh, I'm really looking forward to the holiday? I really am. And guys, please follow us on social because we're going to be doing reels. We're going to be doing stories. I'm going to force the aunties to do reels and stories. Like we're going to have content for you like you've never seen it before. So follow us on socials on Instagram, maybe Twitter as well. We'll see. Yeah. And we'll see Facebook. This, this, this is pressure. I feel you're bit... going to get to see Santorini yes. through the eyes of four amazing very stylish now because we've helped nana uh, <laughs> so you think oh, <laughs> oh dear listen because I, I know she's packing it in her suitcase You're just I know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. now we're gonna have to go into her into her bedroom every day and be like what are those? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm hiding them anyway. I am hiding but, them. But, but do that one where it's like Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> We're going to collect them. We're going to throw them out. See, we, when we go on the boat, we should throw them out. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump over and get them, you know, I can swim. Oh my God. <laughs> no, we'll no. just leave them somewhere. That's what we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> When we go to the beach, we'll bury them in the sand. Yes. They'll never be found. <laughs> yeah, they are They are coming. They are. All right, ladies. That is that on all of that. Um, thank you for watching and listening. To, well, watching. Your aunties could never. Um, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Don't forget that we're on YouTube, Facebook. Don't forget that we're on YouTube. <laughs> don't forget that we're on youtube facebook and twitter um and yeah as auntie shade said we'll be giving you lots of new exciting content when we go away and uh i think do we need to announce i think our um show will be a pre-record next week so unfortunately you won't be able to interact with us but you will still get a show we will do a specially recorded show whilst we are away and then give you lots of content so that's it thank you Weren't we going to say that we they can send us some stuff beforehand? Like, we'll put some... We'll, just pay attention to our socials. Just pay attention to our socials. We've got oh, shit for you. We have tasks for you and all that type of stuff. Sorry, we, yeah, we hadn't, hadn't prepared that bit. But yes, anyway, just letting you know. Um, that's it. Good night. <laughs>